All right, Wiggs pulled that one out of the air. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 169 of the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. We are back in the studio this week. I feel like it's been a month, even though it's only been one week. That week was a nice week, wouldn't you say? It felt... It was nice to be away. Jay's like, dude, I've barely been here. What are you talking about? <laughs> it was like weird. It was a bit stressful for me. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Jay had a cray cray week. We're going to get into all this, but first let's roll some of our fancy schmancy intro music. What do you say? Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Everyone's saying yeah. All right. <laughs> yes, that is from old intro music when I tried to add some overlays. I tried, that was me, Wheelie, and Spamla uh, down the street. Um, hey, everybody, welcome back to another fabulous episode. I'm really excited uh, on this episode because we're going to have some Solstice Slam uh, results. This may be the fastest I've ever had Solstice Slam results. And because usually I put it out to other podcasts or other creative types or even people that have donated a prize to the show to be, uh, you know, won by a solstice slammer. Um, Hey, what do you think of these episodes or what do you think? Who do you think should win? What do you think of these uh, submissions? Blah, blah, blah. So this year, since there's three of us here, it was much easier. We have a, I've tallied all of our votes and, uh, you guys don't know mine, so you don't know who came in where, but we have a first, a legitimate first, second and third, and then uh, honorable mention. And so, uh, we'll get to that. Let's let's hold that off till the end of the show. Let's bury the lead here. I want people. To, I want people to listen. So With anticipation. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we get into tonight's show, I just wanted to say a few shout outs to some other podcasts. Uh, we we interviewed Austin from Twisted Road. Thank you guys for helping out on that interview. By the way, you guys killed it. <laughs> and uh, um, I wanted to say to Jim at the uh, Motorcycles and Misfits, no, you cannot rent uh, my bike for me because I, <laughs> as far as I know, Austin said that it has to have uh, no salvage title and I'm pretty sure, I mean, I haven't and looked at it. brakes, right? Oh, yeah. And working <laughs> brakes. Yeah. Do two pieces of wood jamming uh, in between the, the fender and the tire or count as a, as a brake. Um, no, it, it's got a salvage title because last time I, well, the only time I've ever been hit on it was enough to, uh, you know, four flat tires and a tank of gas will total that thing. Mm-hmm. And there's only two tires on it. So <laughs> that's trouble right there. But, um, yeah, it's, it's only worth like pesos at this point. So $25, Jim, I might actually offer you, <laughs> make me an offer. 25 bucks. Sounds great. Um, so yeah, tw- uh, shout out to Jim and, uh, everybody up there at Recycle Garage. Also, uh, Noco Moto. We were talking a whole bunch this, I've been uh, talking to Pete recently and uh MotoGP, we were talking about the Pinewood Derby. We got the Pinewood Derby coming up. As you know, we spent last weekend, me and Wiggs were out at Lucky Wheels two weekends ago and uh watching Brady hand saw. It it was so rad watching a forty year old dude using the hacksaw. Like he was dude, he was getting on it. Yeah, he I was and it was, that couldn't come out. He he looked like he was making some faces. Dude, he was. <laughs> and he was like, I'm gonna do this by hand. And I was like, that's the way that it should be done, my friend. Like old school. I'm I'm glad he's doing it that way. 
I didn't tell him you took yours to the lathe wigs and like machined <laughs> 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 it down. <laughs> but um, but no, it's going to be a lot of fun. And so when we were talking about Pinewood Derby, MotoGP was telling me that him and his brother they used to live in Japan, and uh, some of the stuff that was going on in their Eagle Scout days, dudes were legitimately. Like he said, they were Bozozoku cars, which oh, yeah. you guys know what Bozu, yeah, Bozu cars? Yeah. Dude, they're, you know, before I knew what a Bosu bike was, I knew what a Bozu car was because I had a Datsun 510. And when I was looking them up in Japan, everybody like Bozozoku's them out. And I was like, what is that? They got like exhaust pipes that are like eight feet high and like. Oh, yeah. They're like 20 feet. They go around the back yeah. and the sides. And the spoil, like, you know, the front, front and rear wings, they're like six feet long, you know, and then the wings would be like. <laughs> three feet high but like go back about four feet and so i was like oh what's this so their pinewood derby cars were apparently like that and one of the dude's dads supposedly stuck his uh car in a wind tunnel and was doing like wind testing and stuff like at work like (laughs) legit and so you had a bunch of dads basically that's why that's probably why i got so heated and he said it was crazy just people yelling at each other probably doing karate on each other and stuff but um i could just imagine and the last sentence is the one that really stuck with me. It said a bunch of uh, something like a bunch of dad's ethics going down the tubes for a blue ribbon. <laughs> and I was like, exactly. I made my son build his. I did the cut with the saw. Um, and after that, I was like, buddy, you're doing it. You're sanding in it. You're you're doing the rest of the cuts. Like you help me with the little hand saw. You know, I just mm-hmm. don't want you to use the the chop saw to get that first long cut. But after that, you're gonna saw it. You're gonna sand it. You're gonna paint it. And that's why my son didn't want to race because he knew he was racing a bunch of dads. <laughs> so that's what, like, you know, I told you I was yeah. doing, I did a, a worked a 10 hour shift just yeah. doing the Pinewood and it was all dads. And like, I look around the room and pretty much all of the dads were building the cars and it was supposed yeah. to be the kids yeah. project. And it was hilarious. Dude, my son, I was like, oh, I was bummed because I was so proud of my son for doing it. And then I was like, I get it, dude. I, I wouldn't want to race against a bunch of dads either. <laughs> so, uh, that makes sense now. Um, also, they talked about the Electric Glide as their worst bike this week, and we haven't really talked about it. We'll, maybe we'll get into it later, but the uh, Harley came out with the new like base model Electric Glide, which I thought was really interesting given the pricing of most of their stuff and and uh, the price that people are willing to pay for motorcycles in general, like across the board nowadays. I thought it was really smart, so we maybe talk about that at some point. I also went to the OG Moto Show. I saw your girlfriend there, and uh, she looked at me like a crazy person until she recognized who I was. That's the <laughs> benefits of being anonymous. Nobody, she didn't uh, recognize me till uh, till like it clicked, and then she's like, "Oh yeah." Um, so that was a lot of fun and a lot of cool stuff coming out of there. We may talk about later. Um, one of the most depressing Instagrams that I've seen lately, and uh, this is kind of newsworthy for us, is. CA motorcyclist down. Oh yeah, yeah, I follow them. Yeah, well, and you were yeah. on there. I actually yeah, posted yeah. you on there. I quit following them because of that. I was like, dude, can't handle it. It's yeah. like every it's, it's five intense. every five minutes there is something on there. And about a year, well, it was before Wiggs was on the show, so probably like a year and a half or two years ago, I was I mentioned something on one of our episodes about how, pardon me, how. Um, Every morning on the news, I would hear motorcycle. There's a you know a traffic jam on the ten. If you're headed into downtown, there's a motorcycle down in the right lane. And then twenty minutes, you know, they do it on every twenties on the hour or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? The next hour at whatever twenty or whatever ten after. Oh yeah, on the uh, the four hundred five south, there's a there's a motorcycle down in the carpool lane. Yep. Blah, blah. And I was like, dude, by the end of the morning when they do the three hour morning show, I would have heard five motorcycles. So I started 
following this uh, CA motorcyclist down, and I swear, every 20 minutes, there's a mm-hmm. motorcyclist going down in California. And uh, our own Slay J was one of those a couple yes. weeks ago, or last yes. week. So uh, we, we'll, Thankfully, we'll, mine was nothing like nearly as serious yeah. as what's usually on there. So we, we may talk about that. And then... Um, yeah, it's just depressing AF is what my note says here. <laughs> and then <laughs> in other news, like uh, also depressing news, Arlen Ness passed away uh, mm-hmm. Saturday, Friday, I believe it was. And um, <sighs> yeah, one of the great, uh, I think he was from Oakland. He's like the granddaddy of customizing. His Him and his sons have been customizing stuff since, well, he's been customizing stuff since like the 70s at least, maybe even the 60s if I, yeah, because he was like 70 something. So I don't know, maybe so the he 60s. He wasn't really... That old, but I guess mid seventies isn't mm-hmm. young either. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's that young to me. That's uh, <laughs> half my age. So that was kind of depressing. There's a lot of uh, a lot of people reaching out um, throughout the community talking about that. I like a lot of even even like sport bike uh, news sites that I saw were talking about that. He's because he's done a lot of work on different stuff. When he's actually years. I don't know how they're doing now, but for a while he was doing leathers. I mean, I'm sure, you know, they weren't stitching them in Oakland, but there was a lot of like pro road racers, like high level wearing Arlen Ness leathers. Mm -hmm. So someone was into that. Yeah. You know, I mean, that side of it. I remember I watched this show with his son, Zach, um, you know, when Victory was around, they were doing those real big and and his son was like a, had his own show on speed or something or whatever the hell that channel was not it wasn't speed but velocity i think is what it was called Mm. and his son was would go around and it was kind of like junkyard pawn stars or whatever that thing is (laughs) pawn wars whatever that shit is pickers whatever that you know that Mm. joke it was like a bunch of those all together and him and his buddy would go around and his buddy would find bikes in weird places they'd go out and buy it and then he'd fix them up and i saw him do a flat tracker once and Mm -hmm. i saw him do just like crazy chop stuff it was fun watching that and he got that from his dad and you know they were in they were had a little bit of everything going on so that was kind of sad um you know passing of a of an icon for sure Mm -hmm. and also the daytona tt and atlanta short tracks have happened since we've been on the on the air so i thought i would let wiggins carry that one and uh, the last thing on my on my docket here to talk about do you guys do you guys think social media is ruining everything like yeah (laughs) me me too that's like uh, i've been saying that for like five years yeah (laughs) i you know there it's funny because uh, I was I was listening to two or three different radio shows and and two podcasts on this, and I was listening to Adventure Rider Radio Raw, and they were talking about how a lot of times they're they're all international. They travel um, largely internationally. A lot of them are bloggers or book writers, and so they depend on like traveling to places and talking about them. And they said that just in the last few years. Um, the most famous spot you would see in Ushuaia in at the uh, you know the tip of the like Tierra del Fuego going down south Ushuaia is mm-hmm. like the little like mountain range or whatever the hell going when you're going from like Alaska to mm. Tierra del Fuego. So Ushuaia was like this famous sign where a lot of people stop when they're doing that voyage. But he said now due to like uh, the meta tagging and all that stuff mm-hmm. and like geotagging. He's like, you see, you go down there and you're thinking, I'm going to experience this crazy thing that's like a rite of passage for motorcyclists. Yeah. And then you get there and you, there's like 50,000 people there trying to take a picture in yeah. front of that sign. The spot got burned. Right. Yeah. It, exactly. And that's what's happening. And what made me think about it 
and w- it was so timely because I've seen it in the papers. I didn't bring the newspaper out here for you guys because now you can't read. But in the <laughs> paper this weekend, there was a huge thing about the poppies. We've had this crazy oh, yeah. super bloom in California. And the rangers in Lake Elsinore and further east in Hemet and all that stuff were just like – they couldn't control people who were – trampling yep. the flowers to get Instagram pictures. Yep. And yeah. you're like, oh, and then they're tagging where they were. And the next day there'd be double as many people. And I saw some people from Lake Elsinore post some locals that were posting on Instagram, just red faced. And like, mm-hmm. it just looks like a, a steamroller came through. It looks like when the Nazis invaded uh, the Netherlands and drove through the yeah. tulip fields, right? It was just like that. It was just like a bunch of flattened poppies. Yeah, well, that's our state flower, dude. Yeah, we were we went on a trip to go check out the super bloom, and Ashley was showing me pictures of people that were just like out going out, yeah, yeah. trampling oh, over yeah, everything. It it just, yeah, <sighs> in the pic in the paper, they talk. They got these people's names. They're like, "Hey, would you mind giving your name to the paper?" They're like, I, "So they were getting the ranger statements." Like the newspaper, it was a whole like three page article on it and there was really beautiful pictures because it's it's just going off right now California looks amazing and then it had like a woman and her son laying in the, in the thing <laughs> laying on him like to get the best picture oh with him God. with them around him and then like other kids were just there's a picture of some people on a trail while there's like two teenagers that yeah. walk down to make out in them and I yeah. was like oh my god like so so you think of that for poppies but now think of that for motorcyclists like you got a secret spot that Mm -hmm. you accidentally geotagged guess Mm -hmm. what like someone's gonna go there and it's gonna get what adam carolla likes to say fucked out which means that yeah it's done it's no longer cool like some like brown seats they were cool when they first (laughs) came out and then all of a sudden everybody had one and all and that's all it took and i think social media did that as well yeah i have like a love-hate relationship with social media because like i have some close friends that i met through instagram like my buddy dane yeah we are like best buddies and i met him through instagram and we like literally talk every day but then at the same time there's like been times where i'm just like i'm gonna get rid of my account because i'm just sick of just like if i find something that makes me mad and then i get stuck in that like headspace and i obsess over it or whatever well yeah exactly and you know like instagram mostly is and tumblr for sure with just pictures and it's just stuff to get you interested and pinterest to some degree even though a lot of people make fun of pinterest it was like people's ideas you know like a little craft idea board yeah. right well when facebook started and even like friendster and myspace and stuff it was supposed to be a place to go to talk to your friends and reconnect and at first that's what it was but then they're like well we're not making any money how can you sell that how can mm-hmm. that be profitable and after a certain t- amount of time it wasn't so when facebook announced it was going public everybody was wondering how they're going to get how, how are you going to make money off a social site right so that's where social media came in is that now they're selling ads on there um it's like youtube youtube used to, used to be a place where you could go post your videos but now you can't even watch a video without eight ads oh, yeah. coming on well it's yeah. just like instagram once facebook got took over instagram that's right they had no yeah. ads and then right. they were like oh we're gonna put one ad and then now it's like every three posts is an it's ad. It's a sponsored ad, and right. And now on yeah. top of it, like they read, they are taking uh, like the things that you're talking about and then they're sending you ads based on mm-hmm. that. Like I'll have oh, a conversation yeah, in my yeah. DMs. We were, me and my buddy Dane were talking about um, brazing and welding. Mm-hmm. And then literally the next day he sends me a screenshot mm-hmm. of this ad, targeted yep. ad about brazing mm-hmm. that was on his feed. Yep. 
Yeah. And we're just and like, it's all yeah. connected to your Amazon. Yeah. yeah. And it's all connected to like other people's <laughs> like it's, it's well insane. and then they're selling that data and what you like and everything that you've been looking on while you're on their site, they're selling it to like the Cambridge Analytica yeah, thing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so social media, what used to be this cool thing to connect your passions and whatever has be, had become and has become largely a way to ruin everything. Well, the thing I is, actually, is like I, I think we're just stuck in an algorithm. Like that's what life is. Life like people become, say that yeah. we're like in a matrix, but we're like stuck in an algorithm because that that's what it is. It's all like trying mm-hmm. to cater, so quote unquote, cater to us. But really, it's just. But Amazon needs to figure out once you buy something. I don't need to buy it again next week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like sell me something that's similar, but not the well, same. Well, the thing. Like I went to a grocery store that's near my work. I paid using my debit card. It was like this, I don't want to give them advertising, but it was this chocolate um, snack. And then I, I, so I bought that the next day advertisements for that were popping right. up on my feed and, and it uh, won't go away. No. Now it's always on there. And I've, I, yeah. It's called data mining and it's what, Target, it's what like every giant corporation does. They find out what you like and then they'll, they target similar things toward you. And they target through Facebook because yeah. it wasn't until Facebook that every major um, retailer had a like button or a mm-hmm. thumbs up button. Well, on and they site. can actually kind of hit their audience now. Like if you're looking at motorcycle stuff, and I see it on the good side of it, or what I see as a good side of it, like I see Speed Merchant sponsored ads and Icon sponsored ads. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool. Like, Icon's obviously a bigger company, but a company the size of Speed Merchant that can afford to target to their audience because they can't afford to be on national TV. Right. right. You know, so, you know, for a company like that, I, I see it as being good. And I think for that company, I mean, and obvi- honestly, like my knife company, company is 99% Instagram mm-hmm. and. But see, the, the downside to that though is because like I follow a lot of artists and a lot of independent makers and about a year and a half ago, like the artists were genuinely able to make a living off of Instagram. Yeah. But then when they started um, doing more sponsored content and then they changed the timeline so it's no longer chronological, yeah, once sucks. they did that, it fucked up all of their um, income because – their their um, posts were getting buried, yeah. you know, and so now By people the higher the people who posts. have more money are yes. getting the priority. I was a huge advocate yeah. for uh, internet neutrality, for net neutrality, and I was a even on my old on my old the blog. I even had like that sponsored on there because like when I was getting my thing, I was like, dude, I'm gonna get buried under mm-hmm. when Cycle World decides to have a podcast and Brap Talk and every, when everybody else decides to have that are have money right like guess where junks and i and i've thought about this in 2015 when i launched it i was already thinking about it then and then as soon as uh, ajit pai took over and said yeah we're gonna undo net neutrality we're like oh man what how well you know what's that gonna do three years later we're seeing it what, what's mm-hmm. happening you know like the it, it really was oh we're not gonna and people said we're not gonna do that like that is wrong we think it's wrong but does everybody think it's wrong and the people that don't think it's wrong are going to use that to your disadvantage. And the thing is, is like Chris says, not not everything about it's bad. Like at least it gives you some place to put stuff out. But at the same time, like I love watching people ride and I'm like, oh man, like Colton Haker out here. I know he's in Temecula somewhere. I know he's out here like in Norco or Nuevo or somewhere because he lives like in Temecula or Marietta. And I see him riding the spot, and I'm like, oh, dude, I want to go. And then you look where it's at, and it says your mom's house. And I was like, <laughs> I respect that because you don't want 
80,000 people showing up to this yeah, geotag sure. and like wrecking your spot, you know? And yeah. it, you it's, know, with the, with like burying posts, like the best thing that people can do, if the, if it is an artist or someone that you want to support, like, and comment. Yeah. And that's, that's what, what my yeah, that's too. what gets up there. And you can, if it's someone that you do want to see their stuff, you can go in and there's like the three little dots. You can turn on post notifications from that person and it'll tell you when that person posts yeah. stuff. But I do agree that the chronological stuff was way better. It was, yeah. Um, it's so frustrating because, like, for instance, people that are having, like, if there's, like, an art show or, like, something coming up, <laughs> and then I'll see it on my feed and it's two days old. Me yeah, like, yeah. It. How many times did we talk oh, about that man, last year? Yeah. Like, oh, thanks for showing me this event that right. happened last year. After it happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would have gone if I had known Friday instead of on Monday. Yeah, yeah and that's an issue that they definitely need to do. I know every once in a while, like you see the like make Instagram chronological again. <laughs> I, I just don't see what the justification for getting rid of the chronological order well, was for. Well, I mean, when you have a mansion in Silicon Valley, then <laughs> you'll understand. Yeah. 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 It's all about, yeah, it's all, yeah, that's all. It's all about money. And when you, for those, yeah. Like, when you worked really hard to get your algorithm into it yeah, uh, <laughs> and you tried and you lobbied to get net neutrality undone you'll be like shut up shut up girl on this weird podcast (laughs) but it is you know i think for a lot of us it's a great medium that we're you know if you can take advantage of it and use it a little bit and i tell a lot of people like you know do you don't have to do a lot but if you do something with it it will you know a lot of pro racers and stuff i'm like just do a little bit with it you know i think you just got to build it's really about you got to work hard to hustle to build the community yeah you do build the community for sure and you have to keep yeah you have to keep content flowing Mm -hmm. and you have to keep it relative and and up to date and stuff like that and you know a lot of people kind of joke on it but it's true like really instagram and a little bit of youtube is why hooligan racing is what hooligan racing is yeah and i i got on someone because they were like they were trying to make fun of everyone they're like i know i'm not insta famous but and i was like but you want to be or you wouldn't be racing our class (laughs) so end of story like i just shut them down and then it was i'm just like so you're trying to make fun of everyone and be like well i'm not you know you you guys are insta famous and i'm like okay i get what you're trying to say and you think you're being funny but if you're against that then don't show up and race fucking hooligan go race something else then yeah Yeah. like you're you're, you want to race something that is insta famous like yeah. the whole hooligan thing in general is insta famous yeah so like that's why you want to that's a lot of the reason people want to take advantage of it and then they're trying to make fun of it yeah. at the same time well, i think like, the frustration comes from like the where as far as insta famous or like social influencers oh, it's just people sure. that are posing yep. and trying yeah. to, they don't do it they don't like really do anything but they're just famous because of instagram i think that's where a lot of that sentiment comes from. yes and no because like you had already said they're out there hustling too yeah and it's not is it a real hustle I mean, for some people it is. It's like making a money. And, you know, like, have you seen the thing lately where it's like someone made a little sign that was like, imagine if Instagram disappeared and poof, you're no longer a model. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and and it's, it's very true because there's like, there's like millions of like Mm -hmm. models and influencers and whatever, but a lot of them are out there hustling. They are like, one of my problems with my racing, it's like, I don't hand people my phone. Hey, would you take a picture of me adjusting my chain? But I should. Yeah. Like. Butcher doesn't do that. He just has a photographer there all the time yeah. that does it. Yeah. For well, I mean, him. there's PR. That's part. Of, that's always oh, been part of the game. For sure. You know? so, yeah. So it's, it's easier for a lot of people 
to do yeah. in those things. You, you so, know, it, it's it's funny that you're bringing that up because uh, although the geotagging was one side of the social media thing that the motorcycle podcast I was listening to was getting down on, and the the travel section of the paper was getting down on in the business section, same. You know, this last Sunday's paper, same uh, same paper, but different section altogether. The business guy was talking about influencers, and he's like, you know, it's kind of gone under my radar, even as a business professional that writes about the business, because uh, being an influencer is, is like being a YouTuber. Is it a real career? It's become one. And, and for he, some people, it is. Well, he was talking about Kylie Jenner got paid like two hundred fifty thousand oh, bucks just to mention Fire Festival twice, and then he's like, and yeah. Fire Festival is what's wrong with influencers, like mm-hmm. that whole. Well, Festival was nothing but influencers. Yeah, geared they get paid to say that they're chewing a kind of gum. Or yeah, something. I mean it's yeah. and so but it's one of those like they have a reach. I'm not saying it's good, and I think it's awesome. I'm just saying these are the facts. Like they have a reach, and if Kylie Jenner says it to chew Big Red or fuck you, then a lot of people are going to go out and buy some Big Red. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you so know what? it's the fact it's of the worth matter it. is there's always been hucksters, and there yeah. will always continue to be That's hucksters. True. And Oprah Winfrey and did this sort of stuff with her show back absolutely. in the '90s when yeah. she pissed off the Beef Council by saying beef was bad, and then people were like, well, oh, and, "Beef you know, is bad." And when you get a car, beef. and you get a car, and you get a car. <laughs> right. But think about it this way too: like to play devil's advocate a little bit. We are here right now because of those same technologies, mm-hmm. like. We're a radio show that wouldn't exist without that technology, right? Like it's this – imagine one day if Poof Podcast were gone and you had to go back to – you know, you're no longer a radio DJ basically. Like that is what we're doing and it's because of that same technology and that same kind of mindset of people (laughs) that we're able to do that. Well, that's why I said I have a love-hate relationship with it because it's like – I appreciate the good elements, but I definitely don't think that uh, yeah. it, everything hey, is good. Wait, on before it. you say anything else, let me do this. <laughs> Junkie Jay and Wiggs on Fridays <laughs> on Creative Adding. All right, <laughs> just had to get that out. That's kind of like a rad little. I yeah, think, you need to. Say, I think you need that to should, cut that. You need to super cut that. For yeah, later. that needs to be a little more permanent. <laughs> you need to save that clip for later. Yeah, I, I was proud. I I did a little story today. Five hundred followers on Instagram. All legitimate people that followed us because they found out about the show. That's more more people than that listen. I was kind of like, wow, 500. Because my knife thing's up over 1,000. Dude. And I'm you with did, you. Yeah, I, you. I haven't paid for any. I but there are a lot of fake like bot there, accounts. There's though. at yeah. least three fake A lot of fake cam seen. girls for sure. Yeah. I don't have any of those. <laughs> wow. just like, I want yeah, some wink, of those. Wink, you don't have any <laughs> no, of those. No, you don't want any of those. <laughs> it's just like... They'll like send DMs or like follow mm. you, and you're like, "Oh, who's this?" And you're like, zero post, three followers." Yeah, zero. I'm like, "No, I don't even bother." Fuck, yeah, yeah. I, I don't even answer the DMs. I just let them like stay following. I'm like, yeah. "That's cool." So for, was, it doesn't do anything. But. Yeah, and I've only had an Instagram for like a year or something. So you know, that's you've had it longer than that. You've really? had it since I've been around, haven't you? Yeah, but you've only been around, been around like for more than a year, man. Yeah, that's true. Did I have it before you, or did you? Are you the one that told me to get it? You might be the one that I don't know. Maybe you know what? I might have had it and I only had yeah. Like three you never posts. used it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I told you you need to use it more. Yeah, I so, do that. Like I, I don't. He probably doesn't listen very often, but I tell Carver that all the time. Yeah, and yeah, he told he he he's really good with his stories. But his last post was before uh, Daytona. Yeah. 
Well, and you know, like my thing is I want to be insta, insta anonymous. Like I, I don't want people to know who I am, but I well, use it because I, I know that's where people are looking to get content. But, and, and like, yeah, I like Jay it. said, it's a love hate and, and it's, you know, it's both. Like there's a lot of people out there that it's fake. Like what they're doing is not really what they're doing. Yeah. But there's also, you know, a lot of our listeners, like, if they listen to us three idiots sitting in a garage once a week talking to a microphone, like they want to see what else we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you talk about Spamla, they want to see that you're out riding Spamla. Like they want to see that we're doing those What's things. What's the first bike you wanted to see when you showed up here for the first time, Jay? <laughs> right? Yeah. You're yeah. like, hey, where, which one's yeah. Spamla? Oh, the one that says Spam on it? Well, I think what That's helps is just like support those who support you. Just it, yeah. like, you know, keep the community tight. And I think that's that's what I've used mine for. And yeah. I've really made a lot of good people like on there that are friends and yeah. they comment and they like. And I've learned a lot of different things about motorcycles and techniques and stuff just by reaching out to people that I follow. Yeah, it's crazy how it opens up this huge world so that you can find your small community almost. Like it's, it's kind of a weird thing, but it, it works. And it's, you know, I think it's like anything though – you have to take it in – you have to like control yourself and, and kind of – you still have to be aware of what's going on around you. You still have to pay attention to real people and real things. You know, but it it's – you know, for me, I have to say like with my racing, it's helped a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's crazy the people that I meet through that. To, I literally got a DM today from a guy in Australia because he's hooligan racing. Rad. So they're like – He's like, tell me about a race they just did, and they got one coming up, and they're helping Butcher. He's paying someone. They bought a bike, and they're like setting it up for him. Butcher's going to fly out to Australia and oh, do a damn. race. Sick. And I was like, damn, I wish I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's cool to like that these people are like starting this, but it's really because of Instagram that well, they I mean, look, see Butcher that we were doing Butcher is a great example because oh, I yeah. found out about him like a year and a half ago, and he just hustled nonstop. And he does. And he built his brand strictly like basically off of social media yeah when i first saw him when i first saw him it was all tracker tuesdays and i give him yeah i give him most of the credit for turning hooligan racing into what it is because he's such a a hustler he gets a lot of hate though from people but yeah yeah and uh, i will say honestly some of it he brings on himself and some (laughs) of it he doesn't you know a lot of it too is people it's internet trolls have that like internet courage right like like they don't care they can say what they want and you just you just have to let it go and not even worry about it not let it bother you but you know that's kind of what he, oh, sorry we got dog and uh, <laughs> dog and wire oh no <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean he, you know he's gonna get that hate um but I, I'll, you know, like I said, some of it he brings on himself. Like we're, his his shirt should say "Love Everybody" instead of "Fuck Everybody." I think he, you know, and that's than- that's part of it too. I mean, that's kind of his <laughs> style, and and his. I don't think he it's wants really to not even a hundred percent. Yeah, cause I tried to give him a hug one time, and he was just like, <laughs> "No." Yeah, I don't. I have his shirt that says "Watch Out for Motorcycles, Asshole." Yeah, and I was just like. I have to think about where I'm going when I wear this. Yeah, like, yeah, I can't yeah. accidentally wear yeah. it. I like the old work. school. Um, <laughs> I always wanted him to make one like, that says, watch out for a motorcycle's asshole. Like, <laughs> like that would be funny. Like, Yeah, I like the old uh, give dirtbags work, support American made. Mm-hmm. I like, like that. That's, yeah, that's yeah, that was like one of the first ones. And I like when I first saw it, I was like, that's awesome. But it Ride more, work less or whatever. Yeah, I you know, I one. mean, and a lot of it's a hustle and a lot of it's he's got – 
you know, he's got photographers around all the time. And he's got really talented ones, Jonathan. And uh, now I'm going to draw a blank on the other guy's name. And he always does such good work. Garrett. Garrett right? Yeah, Riker. Garrett Riker. Yeah. So, you know, those guys are there very often doing a lot. You know, that's where all the videos come from. And they're talented. And that's, I mean, that's a lot of it too. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, he and he busts and he's good at those things. And he's got a following and Harley claims he's one of their like top five influencers. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's crazy, but it is what it is. And he does cool adventures and, so, you know, I he, mean, so, overall, I think the, the, the internet has been great for the motorcycle community. Just for me speaking for myself, like when I first got my bike and I was like, okay, I don't have anybody. This was before I had friends in the community and I was like, okay, I need to work on my bike. What the hell am I doing? Mm -hmm. And I discovered Dale Boy's garage. Oh yeah. And I like watched. That was probably YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. It was YouTube. And I watched all of his videos and it was like, it gave me the confidence because he walked he walked through all of the yeah. different maintenance things that he was doing. It was really clear. It was awesome. And he's Patreon supported. So he has like built up his financial stability through his followers. Yeah. I think and, him and Ichiban and all those guys, like the YouTube was the place to be before, before it became Instagram. But a lot of Instagram and links to YouTube because you can't yeah. do videos and, and it's episodes. Easy, and stuff. You know, it's an easy place to go. And the cool thing with YouTube is it's, you know, if you want to watch one motorcycling video, it'll lead you to someone else and yeah, something different. Yeah. And 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 if you're lucky, before you know it, you're watching people in China crashing motorcycles against cars. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, so it's but it always leads to cats. It always and, uh, and it does eventually cats <laughs> on motorcycles. Uh, with that, man, let's. Uh, it's been that's our show. Uh, that was episode, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, we're gonna take a a quick break. Well, let's just do this quick break, and we'll let Jay talk about her stuff. Stick around for more. It's Jay and Chuck here on Greater Riding Fridays on KCRMP. <laughs> I think that's too many letters. K-Moto. K- Sounds Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast. Yeah, that's my little... I made that little stinger myself, by the way. I made it, I made it with uh, computerized... Um, instruments but i still did that so jay slay jay jay mar banana oh yeah mar banana which what do you want to go by jay slay jay uh fatty j 66 no slay j 666 fatty j mar banana um flying uh, banana my grandma always used to say call me whatever you want just don't call me late for dinner all right well late for dinner <laughs> it's your turn yeah i did try something too uh we can try and throw in i guess you could cut this out if we don't want to I, right before I came over here, which wasn't enough time, I put a question on my Instagram. Like, ask a question, I'll answer it during the show. But I actually have some people doing it. Oh, wow. Since no one will email askwigs at gmail.com. <laughs> oh, email is like so 10 years ago, man. I know, right? <laughs> but so I'm getting like a bunch of these. So All I right. guess we can answer the few that I see um, before. Yeah. But I will say, I listen to some other podcasts and the best my favorite sections are when they answer people's questions. All right. Yeah, well, Wigs. So if you don't want to answer their um, then I'll try again next week before the show to post it on my Instagram and you can ask it there. Yeah. Wigs' this, this section is coming up after Jay, so keep them rolling in. Not, I'm saying it like they're hearing it live. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the future, next episode. Yeah, right. If they keep rolling in, let's go, ro- let's go with yeah, something. Yeah. 
So Jay, uh, oh, yeah. speaking of California Motorcyclist Down and how you were a celebrity on there mm-hmm. for a whole 10 minutes because then 10 minutes later five yeah, more crashes right. came yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's been going on with you lately? Oh man, so uh, was it two <laughs> weeks ago on Friday I had left work and this kind of leads me, maybe we can talk about this some other time is like, do you ever get like an intuitive feeling or like a a, sen- a second sense, sixth sense or whatever you want to call it as a motorcyclist because I've had this happen several times and when I've ignored that feeling, something bad has always mm-hmm. happened. I see dead people too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I almost almost became a dead person because of it. But um like Every my motorcyclist that I know that's ridden for a long time they all say that. You had that weird one too. That oh, I have a I lot. Think it's yeah. A thing no, I mean, there's definitely different levels. And like the one where I literally almost died, I remember like there's a something happening and yeah. looking over and seeing it. But it's on a daily, like you you know it. You're like that car's gonna yeah just yeah, decided that's to why change I, lanes. Like, lately, when did, I've been when did to... yours happen? Because I've had it even before I left. Like it I like why did I forget ago. my house? Oh, God, I forgot my glove. Like something's trying to tell me not to leave today mm-hmm. or not to leave for five more minutes. Mm-hmm. Like you know the butter. I believe in the butterfly. I just see like sure. I'll be like cruising down the road. and I'm like that car's gonna do something weird. Well, like, that, I think I guess, that's like, a little bit more of like tapping into seeing people's behaviors. I'm talking about like you're not even on the bike yet. Like for instance, my second yeah, um, my second I'm, accident, I was at work and I just had this aura that came over me. Like I felt cold. Like my skin was tingling. I felt cold. Something in the back of my head was tingling. And I was just like something was saying, "Don't don't leave right now." Yeah. And I was like, "No, I'll be fine." Like I just thought it was just like anxiety Mm -hmm. and then literally five minutes later that's when I had my accident Mm -hmm. and my foot was impaled on my bike and it was a feeling that I got before that um so this most recent one I was at work again and I um was like I'm gonna I need to take city streets because I had earlier in that week two weeks ago I just every day I had at least two or three close calls and so on the freeway on the freeway yeah so I was just like I need to start taking city streets it's a little bit more calmer, uh-huh, which is we'll talk about that later. But um, I was like, okay, I'm going to take, the city, yeah. yeah, well, downtown LA, I mean, you're, it's six and one half dozen another. It's just, how do you want to die on the, on the city street or on the freeway? Yeah. But um, <laughs> I, that week I had been taking city streets more frequently because of the close calls. And so Friday I even had on my phone on Google maps, routed to avoid highways i even took the time to do that and then um as i left the parking lot for my job uh, i just there was a freeway on wrap and at the last minute i was like i'll just get on the freeway because it'll be faster and sure enough i got on the freeway and then i was splitting and thank god i wasn't like blazing as i was splitting through uh i passed i was there was a box truck on my right And then um, I was going maybe 22 miles per hour and this SUV that was in front of that box truck with no signal just cut me off Mm -hmm. and jumped over to the left. And so I hit both my Oh, he was coming into the carpool lane. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he jumped to the left and I didn't have enough time to, to stop. And so I like hit both my brakes really hard. And so what I did was I just uh, clipped the back right side of his fender mm-hmm. and I went down. Um, thankfully, I wasn't hurt. Nothing was broken. But 
he I look I stand up immediately and so I'm just like okay like your first instinct is yeah. like what am I okay so I like did my body check you got so much adrenaline sometimes yeah. you jump in the air like you, yeah, yeah yeah exactly you literally That's fly what happened. up yeah. yeah and so I jumped up I'm looking around I'm like okay my body's okay nothing's broken and then I look at my bike and I'm like okay my bike just kind of tipped over yeah. yeah I just basically tipped over with nothing. like three thousand dollars with the ipads and something <laughs> else in it right oh yeah yeah isn't Thankfully, that how you I roll those off already okay okay I that's... had been transporting several thousand dollars <laughs> worth of equipment earlier that day that's what I was so, wondering about yeah I was very glad that I didn't have that equipment on at the time but then I go to look up and the guy had already taken off and then everyone else, they're like honking and they're like, get out of the way. Basically, <laughs> Motorcycling they, piece were of getting, shit. they were so pissed off and yeah. angry. And then there was a guy behind me in this, um, an, another box truck. And all I see him, he's just like texting on his phone. Some, he's not. And so I'm just like, okay, I just knew, went, he wasn't even like paying attention. And yeah. so, um, I'm like trying to get his attention. I go over and bang on the door cause I needed to get my bike back up. Yeah. Um, cause I have like bad knees. So it's a lot harder for me to p- pick it up when it's down. And so I like practically have to beg him. I'm just like, Hey, can you get, help me get my bike? He's like, what? Huh? And like, I'm just like, can you just help me get my bike up? So I practically was like, just let me get my bike up. And then, um, so sure enough, he was able to help me get the bike back up. Did it start? Yeah, it started. Everything was fine. There was nothing wrong with the engine. It was just minor um, cosmetic damage. I did lose my nice mirror, the the $150 mirror. I lost that, so... That That's why I don't wear shitty. good helmets, wigs. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I might have some extra mirrors. I don't use those. Well, I was the, the Pugs. I really like those ones. They're, they're the only ones that I've actually liked. I've tried five different ones. But um, the only one person who did stop was a woman, and she was like, are you okay? And she was really concerned. She's like, are you sure you're okay? And um, is that a bug zapper? Yes, it is. <laughs> Uh, she's like, are you okay? She was really, really sweet and kind. And she's like, yeah, I saw that guy. He cut you off. And he t- and like he just took off. And my girlfriend was like, afterwards, she's like, well, you should have gotten her information because she was a witness. Mm. But at the time, I was just, yeah. like you said, so much adrenaline was yeah. pumping through you my You just body. want to make sure your bike runs and that you're like yeah. not late to your next appointment. Yeah, that's, that's usually how I am. When those situations, I'm just like, okay, if the bike's running, I'm just going to get back on mm-hmm. and just and fly. So that's what I did. But, um, and I saw it. It looks like there was just some scuffs. So yeah, the front fender got scuffed up. Um, no bends. The, the shift, the left okay. shift lever got bent in a little bit, but it's not like impeding me riding. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of a scrape on my handlebars on the left side, and then I lost my mirror. Mm-hmm. But really, everything else was pretty minor. And like I did call my insurance, but then what about Jay? How was Jay? Yeah, I I got a really gnarly bruise on my leg, and I don't know where how it happened because nothing really hit me. So mm-hmm. I have no idea how the bruise happened. I think the handlebar maybe mm. jammed into my thigh cause it's on my right side. So I'm thinking the handlebars banked to the right and then maybe I popped up a little bit and it jammed into my thigh yeah. and then I flew off the bike. That's all I can think. Did you put your foot down as you were falling? Um, honestly, I, I yeah, don't really don't remember. remember. Ha- everything happens so fast. My yeah. battery on my camera had died like 60 seconds mm-hmm. before it happened too, which is just <laughs> burns me up inside. I was so mad. I guess that's not Murphy's Law, but I mean, it just, it's, uh, it pretty much should be. It's just like yeah. if, if it, if it. 
but of I don't. Course, of so, course, that's when it. It's it's what what's her face saying about that wasn't really. Isn't it ironic? It is, but oh, it's not. Really, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's not really ironic. You know, right. that's not that's but, not ironic. It's um, bad timing. I did twist my ankle pretty bad. Okay, but at the time. My ankle felt fine. Yeah. And this is the ankle that I previously had a, a six inch metal plate on. So it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit weak. Back in your industrial days yeah, for yeah, looks my or just, uh, woman days. oh, okay. Uh, um, how, that, how did that one happen? That was when my foot was impaled. Oh, it okay, broke okay. my ankle. And All right, I, right. Um, like five of the bones in my foot. Um, but, um, so I got up and I wasn't feeling any pain at that time. But when I got home, I walked up the stairs and it wasn't hurting. So I think I was still like in mm-hmm. that adrenaline oh, yeah. rush. And then, um, so I was sitting at the table and then my girlfriend was like, well, um, should you go to the ER or whatever? And I was like, oh no, I'll be fine. And I go to stand up and like, I couldn't mm-hmm. put any weight on my left foot. The Yeah. The only real, uh, injury I've had is that of banging of course, you should get hit by a Honda like I did because they're small. <laughs> but um, it smashed my foot in between the front bumper and, the, and my bike. Mm-hmm. And it didn't hurt. I rode home. Everything was fine. I mean, it hurt. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I first thing I thought is, oh, crap, my foot's numb. Is it broke? And I'm looking at it and it looked fine. It's not till later that night when stuff shows up. And it's not till the next day when yeah. stuff starts showing up. I'm sure like all of us have had bangs and bumps and we're like that's gonna be purple tomorrow Mm -hmm. and that's yeah i was so stiff i could barely even walk the next day i had to hide it from my wife though Mm. so we just had my daughter and she was only like a month old so i had to like hide it like yeah no i can carry the baby down the hallway and i could barely put weight on my leg yeah but it didn't even show up till the next day like i literally couldn't even put weight on it but that didn't happen at all until the next day and so I had that happen like a couple months ago because I had another close call where somebody was um, riding the line and then the other person started kind of like swerving towards me. So I had to kind of do this like zigzag movement and in the process, my left hand like like basically almost like punched the mirror. Oh, almost almost punched the mirror. (laughs) But it was like one of those fixed mirrors. Oh, yeah. And so... We're talking to someone that punches mirrors on the reg, so I don't know. Who? Who are you talking talking about? I don't know whether to believe you now or not. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to admit anything that's going to I accidentally uh, allegedly punched a mirror. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, and then a couple days later, my finger turned purple, and even now, it still hurts. So I don't know if I kind of, like, fucked up the joint or the bone or something yeah yeah i've had that happen a couple times but yeah so um the thing that was just really messed up was that the guy took off because i mean at least just to see if i was okay or whatever i mean imagine if it had been worse i mean it's la yeah how many how many bodies have you seen on the side of that? I was seen six just this week. Well, on the way over here, I almost got hit because I was just leaving downtown LA. Is like hey, literally. Hey, a we're gonna have an intervention for you, dude. For real. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend's trying to get me to, to get a different job because she she does not like that I work that I have to commute into downtown LA because it it's I'm not exaggerating. It is hell. Yeah, I'm, on a motorcycle, it is hell yeah. getting in and out during rush hour yeah. because. Not only is it crowded, but people don't fucking care. They will run you over. Like, they do not care. They want to get out of there. And so it's just the attitude on top of it. So, like, when I was coming over here, I was leaving, trying to get, I was by Lucky Wills. And so um, we're going straight. And there's a tiny, there's about a, a car length open, and cars are slowly moving forward. 
and there's no driveway on the right side, but this guy in this like uh, Honda Civic just flips a, a U-turn right into that spot from he was coming the opposite direction, and like. I, I saw that, like, kind of like what Wiggs was saying, like, kind of predicting. Mm-hmm. I predicted because I saw his car coming up, and I was like, that guy's going to do something crazy. So I had slowed down. You could tell by his yeah, just I a could little just subtle thing. Yeah. I was all it like, takes. that guy's going to do something crazy. And so I, and I have an air horn on my bike, so I kind of like laid on the horn, but then he kept going. And then I had to stomp on my brakes mm-hmm. and like narrowly missed him mm-hmm. by like maybe six inches. And that was just on city streets. So it's just like, I, you know, I don't know. Like Wiggins said, once you get past Pasadena, it all mellows out. Yeah. Well, it's nice. Like once coming over here, once I cross over to like the Arcadia, it's a lot better. Yeah, (laughs) Out here in the foothills. (laughs) But no, I, yeah, I've seen just this week on California motorcyclists down the insane number of people who perished also. They're, they always put mm-hmm. like a little candle yep. on the ones yep. that end up dying. There's been like 10 this week. And I'm like, dude, um, yeah, so be careful. I, I don't, you know, I don't want you risking your life yeah, to ride well, over I here mean, to record. I mean, when I'm splitting, I'm not, I've really mellowed out just because my girlfriend has begged me thank to you. just calm down. Because I'm I'm I, when I used to ride the Harley, oh my God, I was... I was pretty nutty. You were gnar. You were I was gnar. really, I was really nutty, and just um, I've been trying to. It's really hard because what happens is I just get rage because <laughs> after a few people do something yeah, stupid, uh, yeah. you know, then I'm just like so enraged, yeah. and then I stop like focusing on being safe. You're dri- you're riding your bike like a dude in a monster truck, though, <laughs> and that's the thing is that people are always going to win against yeah. you, but you've yeah. got that like. Yeah, because you're sick of people not seeing you, but they're not going to see you right. more when you're driving. No, so what I've gotten into the habit of, because I'm such a geek with my high-vis gear, but when I'm splitting um, during traffic uh, like on all of the freeways around here, I found that it really does help if I stand up on the pegs. Yeah. And so I'll slow down, I stand up on the pegs, and I've actually found that just doing that has really kind of helped people see me yeah. before I pass by. But um, Hey, what would you say... To people that don't believe in gear, like full face helmets, even high vis, like you don't necessarily have to wear high vis, but even my black stuff, I don't know about the icon stuff that Wiggs gave me because that stuff's totally murdered out for like gangsters, but my, my <laughs> Alpine Stars has like reflective piping on it yeah. at least. So well, at least they that see. at minimum, yeah. I mean, if you're going to wear all black, fine, whatever. Like I used to always wear it right in all black. I was like, would, I was like, man. I'm never going to wear high vis. That's so not cool. And so it was kind of like a big ego thing for me. And I had to kind of swallow it when I started wearing the high vis stuff. But just the reflective gear alone, um, because Ashley would wear, she has a leather jacket, but it doesn't have any reflective gear. And then I put this little, like, you know, those um, bands that like um, Mm, bicyclists mm -hmm. wear. I put it on the back of her um, backpack and we went riding one time at night. And just that little thing alone was like, 
you could see because her tail light is so small. Yeah. So I couldn't barely see her tail light. And a lot of motorcyclists don't realize that. Like I've seen so many motorcycles at night and their tail light is so dim and small. And then if you're wearing all black, you're really yep. basically invisible. Yep. And I was impressed by Wiggs, dude, trusty on the New Year's ride. Like I could see his tail light, <laughs> even though it was a bicycle. Even though light, it wasn't even a real tail It wasn't light. real tail. You could see that thing like going into the corners. It left trails like Japanese animation, like into the corners. I was like, that's hot. So yeah. at least you could see it. But that is... I seen those dudes on vintage LEDs, bikes. Man. Yeah. LEDs. And yes. mine are LED. Yep. You know, like I... I went to led for a while i actually had an led headlight on here but it was so damn bright i was blinding people but then now every car has the every yeah, car oh yeah. i can barely see past half the modern cars yeah, i drive yeah. by and so yeah, i'm like I well i should that put that too at night yeah i should put it back on there uh, because obviously manufacturers don't give a f anymore why should i right but it was so bright even in the daytime looking at it hurt my eyes yeah so i could only imagine at nighttime especially around here where there's no street lights yeah. but to your point brightness being visible period i'm just asking because um i'm not trying to start anything here but i did have uh somebody from another show contact me because of something somebody else had said about gear now having all the gear doesn't make you any safer having all the gear doesn't make you any better hell uh once a year in america and probably there's a lot of other countries i know you dress up you dress up like a doctor that doesn't make you able to do surgery Mm -hmm. so it's called halloween and every day is halloween if you don't know how to ride and you're wearing a lot of gear it's it's just wearing your gear makes you safer because nobody sees you anyway so yeah. you, you need that gear as well, I, I have I'm getting at. i have one thing to say to that and beyond gear the first and foremost thing that i would tell anybody that's going to get on a bike or that is riding is taking a riding course mm-hmm. because you could be riding you could be wearing all of the gear in the entire world but be a terrible fucking rider <laughs> exactly and die immediately even if you're wearing all of the gear because you're not you don't know mm-hmm. how to ride properly you don't know how to ride safely and just um or you punch people's mirrors and they chase you down (laughs) allegedly allegedly i don't know know who we're we're not i'm just saying i if we know anybody like that (laughs) i swear by the writing classes that i took um it just helped me with develop muscle memory and just to Mm -hmm. really focus on the importance of like being in touch with my motorcycle Mm -hmm. and i actually plan on taking another one this year just to re-up because And I practice like after this, after we record this, I go home and I'm kind of amped. And so I go to my little spot and I just practice like stopping evasive, uh, stopping evasive maneuvers, throw a few willies in there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But um, like I really do. I practice a lot of maneuvering on a weekly basis because just because I put on, I put in thousands of miles every month. So I'm highly attuned to that. It's one of you know. It's one of the things I, w- I was going to mention um, before is that you know at at my work um, when I and when I used to work at a shop for sure, you had to get recertified for you had to be certified to do welding to do like all sorts of repairs to make sure everything was going exactly according to spec. You know what I'm saying? You can't mm-hmm. just like you can teach somebody, somebody can be your apprentice, but they still need to get certified. Right. Mm -hmm. And once you've got that training, my wife has to do it too. My wife's a teacher and most educators have to do it in some sort of thing. Most, most professionals that do a specific type of job have to do in services or, you know, scheduled trainings or updated trainings every once in a while. And as motorcyclists, it's the one thing here in America that you can go pass a test one time when you're 18 
in California, crazy. maybe 16 in other states and maybe even younger than that. You have to be 18 to get a motorcycle license in California? You have to be 18 now to get mm-hmm. your driver license, period. Uh, oh, really? And it yeah. might be... Are they raising it to 21? I, I haven't talking gone, about it. Yeah, I But they want to lower the voting age to 16. <laughs> to 16? Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I Jeez. didn't know that either. Please no. But the thing <laughs> is, is once you do that, now no matter when you know you go back, as long as you keep renewing your license, you uh, you never have to do another training. But there are advanced rider courses out there. There are... Um, like I think Lee Parks is like what people are using now instead of the yeah, motorcycle I've seen, safety um, course. Harley's been sending me a lot of. Um, they've been doing a lot of more yeah. uh, advanced training. Yeah, which is good. I mean, that's really good because I have a nurse friend, and she says that a lot of times what the most of the uh, motorcycle accidents that she sees in their hospitals, a lot of them are heavier cruiser cruiser types because mm. they can't make uh, like really high speed maneuvers yeah. as as they're not as um, agile. Yeah, I mean I'll take your SV at Willow if you really think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, you're, that's you're not actually, what I said. You're but. actually right about that. And one of the problems too that I see with a lot of that big cruiser crowd, not all of them obviously, but a lot of them got a motorcycle as a midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. So they didn't they really never grew up around it or they hadn't ridden in like 30 years or something. And not that that's bad. I mean, I think, you know, it'd be awesome if more people rode, but especially I think, and then the problem is you're at the same skill level as a kid that's 18 or 19 getting a license, but the kid that's 18 or 19 is like, oh, I'm going to go take a class where the dude that's 45 or 50 is like, oh, I can do this. I don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely part of it too. Yeah, you know, it's, or like, dude, none of my hog members well, are going the thing to take is, a class. Is I'm not friend, going to do it either. Yeah, and I have a friend who's in the military, and he was saying that because they were having so many issues with guys having accidents, because you know they're in the military, they get their bonus. Yep. Like one of the oh, first yeah. things they want to get is a Mustang or a it's, motorcycle. I know it's mandatory now. Yeah, and so now um, I was talking to him about it, and he's saying, yeah, like you don't, you have to take like the first certification, like as a beginner within the whatever first six months or whatever, and then you have to take a another uh training course mm-hmm. and plus you have to wear high vis gear when you're yep. on base yep i was gonna say when you're on base you because uh, i l- listened to a couple different podcasts and actually matt from uh, my boner bike obsessions uh, teaches the guys down on camp pendleton and when you're on base you're required to have all the gear or if you're even i think in your uh uniform at all even if you're going to or from work you can't you can't represent the mm-hmm. military nowadays yep. without wearing gear and for sure you have to have all the gear on base you can't you know yeah. they're like you have to go all out with that stuff yeah and and, but it. i was asking him, i was like do you think um it's made a difference and he said yeah i mean they definitely have seen a decrease in some yep. of the fatalities and i mean it's just and also in europe they have the a tiered uh, licensing yeah. system mm-hmm. you yeah. know and i just think it's i think it, it's not a fun conversation to have with motorcyclists not in the states but yeah. you know in other countries it gives a lot of people uh you know a chance to have different bikes and experience different like a lot of them will be like oh man i miss my like they made some i just was listening to uh, front end chatter today who are from from england and uh and wheel nerds and the wheel nerds guys are talking about an upcoming all riders all the riders one of the guys is a rider coach and his school they're having like an all coaches day like where they don't you know they don't have session with with any students it's all coaches so they're giving each other you know 
just busting each other's chops and like doing all these crazy challenges and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's to build up their skills and to keep themselves and to like antagonize each other and you know to get under each other's skin because when you're the top of the top, you don't get any better unless you're like competing right. with each other, right? And then on front end chatter, they were talking about the 125s and how awesome they were. They made some really fast 125s back in the day um, because they had to make them fun. They had to make them enjoyable for kids to want to get into motorbiking mm-hmm. and they just weren't the same as the four strokes. Now, even four strokes are great now, but I mean, you take like a 125 from the 80s and mm-hmm. it, it'll like blow the doors off a of 500, mm-hmm. like a Ninja 400, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it is so, and this is 125s, but. Um, you know, I think it gave people more, um, skill. Like I just read Michael Dunlop's book a little while ago and that dude, he's broken the, uh, Isle of Man super sport, uh, not super sport. The, um, yeah, I guess it's the super sport and unlimited like records on BMW S1000R. I don't know if it's HP four or whatever it is, but he's like broke the lap record there on a super bike. Mm -hmm. He's also races every year still in the 250. And the super sport, he races every class that they have, and he used to race the one twenty five. Yeah, I mean that takes they, a lot of skill because it's yeah. not all bikes are made yeah. equal, and so it's just like I came from riding a Harley and cruisers, and like when I got on the SV, it had a completely different feel yeah. to it. Each and bike was a different. Yeah, challenge. and like so yeah. then usually that's why I got my first speeding ticket on the banana was because I took it out the very next day that I had it. And the the throttle position that I was used to on the Harley, yeah, was let's just say quadruple. it was a lot faster mm-hmm. on the SV. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize I legitimately didn't realize it until I saw lights in my yeah. in my mirror. But um, also another thing is like common, not necessarily courtesy, but I guess practice, especially now that splitting is legal in California. Because I don't know how many times recently I've seen. Guys splitting, like you'll be, I'll be splitting off far left, and then some guy will be coming in the lane next to me. And then that, all the cars are like, okay, what am I gonna do? Because yeah. there's a motorcycle on each <laughs> side of me. And I've almost been hit because that dude oh, was you. like trying to split past or whatever. Yeah. And um, instead of waiting for me, and I could have moved over. Yeah, I, 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 I yeah, do that right. for people. I get out of the way for people too. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, he didn't even wait though. He, he was just like staying in that lane for yeah. whatever reason, and a car merged out of the way for him and almost hit me and it's just like i've had that happen several times and it's just like you know that's another motorcyclist that you would think would know to be safe for the other people that are on the road yeah and it's not it's not concrete and it's not even a law or or part of the guidelines but it is um kind of tradition to split in between the fast lane or carpool lane and the lane next to that. So between like the number one and two lanes and usually the number one lane in California is a high occupancy vehicle or carpool lane and there's double yellows yeah, or usually double whites. I've been told that's illegal. I actually have a ticket regarding that right now. Riding over the double yellows? Yeah. Oh. I, well, I had to as an emergency. What I did was I was splitting and then I was going to go into that um, lane. That is that the number one next to the HIV The first one... Before next to the, the median, the concrete median, they number them from the median out. So okay. the first one is number yeah, one. Yeah, so there was the express lane, that's, and then there was the fast lane. And, and so two, I yeah. went to merge into the fast lane, and then the person slammed on their brakes. So they slammed on their brakes. So I went oh, to the left. Oh, I see. And it was about five feet worth of, um, you know how it Double kind yell- of like yeah, wedges yeah, 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 out, yeah. and then yeah. it becomes thinner. And so I just basically at that point, I was like, well, I'm just going to cross all the way over. I'm not going to stay in this like no man's land where it's just like open. 
And uh, CHP popped me for that. <laughs> you have the worst luck. I, yeah, I can tell you the story afterwards because <laughs> okay. it didn't go down well yeah, for me. You have the worst I know. Luck. And I, you know what's funny is just maybe you should. Earlier, what, 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 if you would have just gone around that car and gone back in, do you think it would have been a problem? I couldn't though because the cars were starting to stack up. So I, I couldn't because I've done that before where I've jumped out and then jumped back in, but I couldn't. And so I just fully committed to going yeah. to the left. Yeah. And he also saw me because that – HOV lane was pretty much empty at that point. I started to accelerate, so it looked like I was speeding. And I have evidence that I was not speeding. I have it on tape. Okay, but um, well, when you're going from 35 to the speed limit, it looks like you're holding ass. Yeah, and so that's what he thought I was doing. And uh, so yeah, that's a headache. After the show, this is a pending investigation. So (laughs) after the the show, funny. The funny thing about that story is just a few months earlier. we were up in Monterey, like in Santa Cruz, talking to the Misfits, and they're like, okay, so like if you're wearing high vis gear and you wave to a CHP, that's like a fail safe not to get a ticket. Oh, so come I on. did, I, I had my high vis gear and I waved at him and it didn't help me. While you're wheeling and you're, uh, smoking but you know a what I think? <laughs> I have my middle finger on my gloves painted orange. You and so I that? wave like with two fingers like this. That, and so British. from his perspective, I think he, he not thought you. I flipped him off. Well, because I had was another- he on a bike? Yeah, he was on a bike. Yeah. Um, well, I think just crossing over all those double yellows is an offense. Yeah, it is. So I mean, it, it was. If I you're did lane splitting, what there, if you're splitting just in that area? It, it, and they that's do it all- the thing is, I tried asking. Because that's him. where they split. I know. And I, don't I was think asking it been a- him that question. Yeah. That's what got me into trouble because I was trying to get clarity. Oh, girl. I was asking him, I was like, and I was doing it respectfully. You didn't just say yes, sir. Um, no, but I was like, because I told him, I was like, I don't want this to happen again because, you know, for whatever reason. He thought you were getting mouthy, didn't he? I, I was being respectful. I called him sir. Okay. okay. So, and believe me, I'm not, I do <laughs> not do well with authority figures. I will openly admit it. Oh, but, um, shit. Well, hey, let's talk about this after the show. I want to hear more about this. In the meantime, let's uh, take a little bit of a break. You guys stick around. Let's do this fun uh, transition. Wig, are you ready for yours? Because we're going, we're going live here. We're not going to do none of this Clobman uh, sure. Pickle sponsorship this week. They, they didn't give me my paycheck. So stick around. We're going to come down with some more J Wigs and Junk on Creative Writing K. See, why do I have to think about this so hard? KCPR. Creative Writing Works Like a Podcast. C-R-M-E. KCPR. It's a real radio station. We can't take, we can't do that. A CRP. What do you want me to say? We sound like crap? to KCRP, the crappiest station on the West Coast. We're back. This is your host, Junkie uh, Wiggins, this week. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I think uh, KCRMPS would be even funnier because it's more like Krampus in a way. But anyway, uh, speaking of Krampus, we will be talking about the winners of Social Slam at the end of this episode. But right now, Wigs. We have the winners of the... Daytona TT and Atlanta Short Track. Yeah. I did not get it. I was uh, out at a motorcycle show during the Atlanta Short Track. During the TT, I forget what I was doing. I think I was like either riding or doing – oh, I yeah, was it was at, like uh, during the week too. So it's yeah, that's one. right. That's right. It was a Thursday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was uh, I was out doing some stuff on Thursday, so I totally, totally did not get to watch racing. That's why we have three of us now mm-hmm. because if this was my – 
solo podcast back in the day, this would have been a major fail. <laughs> Whoa. So, Wiggs, what can you tell us about Daytona TT besides that it happened on a Thursday during Daytona Bike Week? Yeah, so Daytona happened. It was the opening round of the American Flat Track Series. Um, the singles class was... Let's see. Raced uh, on single cylinder motorcycles of 450 cc displacement. <laughs> it was that. Wow. Uh, Oliver Brimley was leading a semi and went down on the like last corner of the last lap, oh, but man. he still made the main event. So it was cool to see Brimley um, or Brindley actually. Wolford Brimley out doing, there. I got that beat but I'm doing <laughs> well, um, finishing up front because he comes over from England every year right. to run the series. So does he still does he flat track over in England? Is he a flat tracker or a speedway or like a? He's a flat tracker. Okay, um, but not really because when he's there, it's cold. Right. So I don't think he. I mean, he rides there, but not not a lot. Yeah. So then he comes out here and does the AFT season. I think when there's some big breaks, he might go home and stuff. But yeah, he's got. Sponsors and everything here. So the... Brought to you by Ambien. Yeah, right. (laughs) So the main event wrapped up with Jesse Janish. Maybe he got second last year. Maybe that's what it was with Jesse Janish. Because he did real... I think he did well there last year. Dalton Gunther is back, or Gutier, they say. I like how you said Gunther, even though that's not even close (laughs) to his last name. Gunther... Yeah, it's Dalton Gaultier. It's a French last name. Yeah, it's spelled Gunther. <laughs> There's no N in that last see, name. Okay, the then it's Gunther. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's also hey, not Gutier. Not even it, close. It's Gunther. But... <laughs> it's Gunther Schmegheim. Yeah, came in so second. Dalton is back. Uh, he wasn't high for this round. Um, so, <laughs> so how I do mean, you know? <laughs> I mean, truth. It took him two years. Come That's on, true. man. Um, obviously though, does like, weed stay in your system that long? <laughs> <laughs> Stored in the fat cells. Obviously though, he's a pretty talented fucking rider, dude. He's been out of the pro ranks for almost two complete seasons and he comes back and pulls off a second place at the, uh, Daytona TT that he won two years ago. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, Jesse Janish came in second last year, so he... Yeah, so he it was second last yeah, year. Yeah, he okay. won up. It was Bromley, Janish, and Narbonne last year. And then third place went to Dan Bromley on the number one Red Bull KTM. Uh, Mikey Rush stepped down from the Twins class to run singles. He was fourth. Max Whale, Ferran Cardus, who is the Spanish flat track mm-hmm. champion. I think he does road racing or something, too. I'm I'm 100% not sure about that. I know for sure he is a committed flat tracker in Spain because yeah. when he won the Super Prestigio, I'd never heard of him. And I looked him up and I was like, if he's such a big name, why have I never heard of him? Yeah, it's and because it's crazy. He's not a road racer. Maybe it's because of sideburn, but we see the DTRA and, and I guess, um, you know, the guys that put it on to our co-built Anthony and stuff. But um, that's where Oliver Brimley comes from is, is – DTRA's Dirt Track Riders Association. It's the English one. Um, and, of course, Gary from Sideburn is a participant and stuff in that. So maybe we see that, but I didn't even know yeah. it really was. I want to say this Max Whale kid. Isn't he from England too or something like that? Maybe he's from Wales. <laughs> Could be. You spell it different, but uh, it's possible. Yeah, I don't know. Um, That's where whale sharks are from too. For Ron <laughs> Cardus, Jacob Lehman, Jake Lewis, and then uh, Oliver Brimley, ninth, and Ryan Sipes. Rounded out the top 10, who Ryan Sipes is a motocross uh, supercrosser. 
Yeah, he's in everything. He does all kinds of stuff. So um, he's just and doing. A, I think he's just doing a few uh, AFT events because he's also a Red Bull KTM guy, but not full Red Bull KTM factory like Shayna and Bromley. <laughs> Don't know why I lost that for a minute. Um, You're drunk. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then Ryan Wells, who moved over from Richie Morris to Essence and Racing. No, I don't think so. Uh, Gage McAllister, Chad Coast, Morgan Mischler, that's 14. Is Nick McFadden, that's 15. We don't, no one cares anymore about singles past five, probably. So that's what happened. Um, before we go to the Twins, there was a Super Hooligan event. I have to say, so they made it like a little more official AFT Super Hooligan. I don't really know what is more official about it because they're not doing the whole series. So unless they're going to take points from the events that are just AFT races and do something, I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's still RSD if you look on the thing. No, no, it's still 100% RSD. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't really know. Like I got the press release and I was – yeah, I don't really care for AFT trying to take over it and or what Roland's doing with it. So I didn't really read the press release. But um, I have to say the cool part that I saw was a lot uh, of – Hey, I respect your journalistic integrity. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and their, the American Flat Track website doesn't even have – this is how awesome they are. They don't even have the results from the Super Hooligan race. They just have the semis. So congratulations, AFT. Yeah. Um, I think they do that with like the Bull Taco series that they run. If it's not like an AFT doesn't, thing – You should at least have the main event results. Instead of the semis? <laughs> yeah, instead of the semis. Um, but I have to say the cool part for me was a lot of the online stuff afterwards was very negative towards AFT. Because let's face it, the track was fucked and AFT fucked them. Like they fucked the riders. Like people drove from Oregon. People drove from California. People drove from Milwaukee. People drove from Alabama. That's close, but still it's a long fucking way. And they gave them a shit track. Let's uh, clarify. This is the hooligan, specifically the hooligan. Yes. So sorry. The hooligans actually ran an oval. They ran turn one and two and then three and four for the hooligans did not exist on the, on the pro TT track. So they ran a little oval. It was pretty shitty. It was down to the grass. It was rough. There was no lines on it. People didn't know where the inside of the track was. They didn't know where the outside of the track was. It looked like they just took loose dirt and threw down on the grass. Could it, be what they did. And it, I, I didn't see it, but I, I heard Pastrana took a hard right turn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it just, it's sad because on it. And for, first of all, the good thing I guess for me is this goes back and reproves my point about the RSD series. It's not about the riders. It's not about the racing. It's not about the fans. It's about making one person money. Um, and in this case, a couple people because AFT wants to make money off of it. But like a lot of – and the big thing a lot of people brought in was they're like, look, these riders spend just as much time for the most part as the pros. You know, they spend a lot of money, a lot of time, put in a lot of effort. They're really passionate. No matter what their skill level is, you want to host them at a race and then that's the track you give them. And a lot of people that – because so many people were negative about the hooligans in general for a long time. So to see the negativity thrown on AFT because of the track and not at the hooligans because they did. They look like a bunch of fucking idiots out there that couldn't ride motorcycles even though Joe Cop was there. 
like Joe Cop can obviously ride a flat track bike. Yeah. So, and we know Travis Pastrana is pretty good at these two wheeled yeah, motorcycle things. Exactly. And yeah. there was a little bit of people like, oh, they shouldn't be showcased at that level. Really? But the Bull Tacos should? Like, how's that any fucking <laughs> right, different? Right. You know what I mean? And and let's be honest, too, back to the Insta Famous, like it or not, it gets people's eyes on the sport. Mm-hmm. Bull Tacos don't. There's not a single person in that Bull Taco field or that got anyone to watch that fucking race besides their wife who was in the stands. Yeah. And I like, love those. Like, I, I mean, I, you I know what? For I'm, some of the Bull Taco guys, yeah. they may have had a few people because they're so fucking old. They have grandkids and great grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe their whole family was watching. But that's, you know, that's. So whatever. That's beside the point. That's hey, just when haters I was a hating. Little, when I was a young man, a bull taco was something you made out of a cow and a tortilla. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden these motorcycles so, come along. It's a vintage yeah, thing for sure. I mean, you know what? If it's you're in the flat class, track, it's yeah. cool. It, yeah, it is a heritage it's part class. of the heritage. Way back yeah. in the day, they were awesome. But uh, they're really like what I saw of them was boring in Atlanta. Yeah. But the, the fact <laughs> of the matter is like people are hating on hooligans being at that level, but then you have that at that level. And, you know, you could argue, okay, Dave Aldana was there and got beat, but Joe cop is a few levels above Dave Aldana and a few generations younger. So he still has a lot of that yeah. talent. I mean, Dave Aldana was racing bull tacos. No, not, he, not yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He was, <laughs> All right. but so that was a small part of it. But a lot of people were just like, why didn't you put him on a real track? Why didn't you just put him on the TT course? Yep. You know, and here's the thing. I know what it is. They're scared. Someone's going to get hurt, but you know, Again, hey, could you, you have? Could somebody- you argue that somebody did get hurt? Like, didn't two or three people go down on that track? Probably because the track was so shit, people got hurt. And the thing is, like, are you worried about the jump? Like, Travis Pastrana can't jump a fucking motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, like that's or Johnny Lewis who does like motocross well, and stuff like that training. Johnny Lewis didn't do the hooligan race. Oh, okay, okay. But I mean, but, most most of those guys, like Carver, have- Carver can huck a motocross bike. Wiles, Meese, they all do motocross and stuff when they're not racing four fifties. And you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but all those guys did the jump. I know, but I'm just saying, like, why wouldn't you think that like privateers that own probably instead of racing their Harleys all the time, probably are cruising around jumping motocross on the weekends, doing X Games sort of stuff would be, you know, what I'm all saying the privateers did the jump. I'm saying hooli- the hooligan oh, privateers, okay. like were- real privateers, right? Like real privateers, yeah. Like I, Rusty I mean, Butcher, I've seen him do a backflip on a KX110. Exactly. So that was kind of the thing too. Like you should have just put him on the TT course, yeah. even though it was kind of rough. It was definitely better than last year. Just put him on the damn track. You know, I mean, it, it is what it is. If if they get wadded, they get wadded. That could happen on a fucking bull taco too. So you just, you put him out there. There's a lot, especially at Roland's races and especially it being limited to so many people. There's a lot of really talented riders that were in that mm-hmm. field. Like, there's a lot of them, especially in the main event, that not very long ago were a professional motorcycle racer. Some of them currently are. Mm-hmm. So just put them on the fucking track. It it looked bad for the hooligans and it looked bad on AFT for inviting these people from all over the country and then not having the respect to give them a real racetrack. Yeah. So that's one thing I liked about Ivy leagues is that even though Ivy league didn't have like pro races, they had Brian Smith and Josh Hayes and Brad Baker come out. And I think Meese was there even one time. Carver was there one time. Too. Carver was there. And I'm sure Halbert was there a couple times. 
these guys all race the same track, and I know it was just an oval. I think they might have done a TT once, but it's not like they but had that separate was a tiny little flat track. Still, so it's hard to still. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, no, I think so. The reason with AFT is because it was a the pros were on a bigger track, so they put the hooligans on a small higher speeds. You mean like? Yeah, they're worried about the speeds. Hey. So you, at you, Del Mar, hey, you couldn't do that. Yeah, you raced at Paris, and Paris is a really fast flat track. There's no, I've raced Paris and I've raced Black Hills with the pros, and then last year in Sturgis, they made the hooligans run through the fucking infield. And if I would have driven to Sturgis to run through an infield, I would have been pissed. I'm just saying at Paris, not yeah. not speed, not raceway, but the auto speedway where yeah. even the sprint cars and stuff race is pretty fast. You were doing like yeah. 100 and something. Would you do you think everybody that was in that hooligan class and everybody that you race with could race at that level? Let's let's do it from your experience. Like, would you be comfortable going off a jump at like sixty miles an hour? Because I don't think they're going fuck down. Yeah, if someone is comfortable doing that, let them do it. But I don't think you're trying to compare apples and oranges. If that's the track, I'm just saying if the hooligans are racing, I'm saying if it's the track, it's the track. I get not putting them on a mile. Although yeah. we're also getting to the point where it's like if you – again, you put the fucking bull tacos on miles. If, you, if you're if you scared about them on a mile, you limit who is allowed to be there. And I'm sorry. If you have to pick and choose based on skill, then that's what you have to do. A mile is a dangerous place. Or maybe a person needs to race so much to get on a mile. I got you turned down, Jason. Oh. So – but – the thing is, a lot of us have been on many half miles, mm-hmm. so there's no reason they couldn't have ran that TT course whatsoever. Yeah. But again, it, it made AFT look bad that they did not give them the respect of a good track, knowing mm. that they still put in their hard-earned money, their hard time, and that they all drove from all over the country. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my point, is it's not it, – all that aside, People put a lot of time and effort and money into going to this event and you couldn't even show them the respect to give them a decent track to race on, Yeah, which is a common problem with the RSD series. But at least when they do it, it's usually the same track everyone's on. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like in the past, the track has been the track with him and maybe this time piggybacking on it, they're like doing it as a trial. Who knows? They did it last year when Harley was the one that put it on too. And, and again, I get for part of the reason, and I know talking to people at Harley, I think when AFT says those things, like the people are scared, they were talking about putting us on a half mile and putting hay bales in the straightaway so we'd have a chicane. And I said, that's fucking dumb. Like that's, well, we don't want you guys going that fast. Well, then just don't fucking have us there. Yeah. Bring the fucking bull tacos back and let no one watch your event. <laughs> like that's... That's if you the thing is AFT wants the hooligans there because they want the fucking exposure. They want the exposure but then they won't show them the respect of a decent track. Yeah. Like you, you know, talk about being fucking used. That's all it was. So anyway, that's my rant. It was way longer than it should have been. Junkie <laughs> made some weird ass comparisons. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying like if you it just seems to me the that, riders that are there have the skill they could have yeah, been on that track. Like Absolutely. the hooligan Absolutely. guys, I see them on there. I I follow their Instagrams. I see them jumping dirt bikes at local race courses. But you, one thing that I know they're all scared of is picking and choosing. Oh, we don't think you're good enough to do this yet. And I get it, dude. When we first started, it was a shit show. The first year we went to the one show, we did 25 laps, and I bet we had 20 fucking restarts. Mm-hmm. But that was. 
that was a fault of a lot of different people. Um, they also had way too many bikes on the track. Um, and a lot of people that really did have no business out there with us, okay. you know, but when you go, when you have an RSD race, it's limited to 30 people that was an invite only deal. And that is that far for so many people. The reason AFT wants them there is because the hooligans self promote mm-hmm. the AFT, which he's tried it before, but AFT just had Travis Pastrana do a fucking race, mm-hmm. but they couldn't even show Travis Pastrana the respect of a decent racetrack. Mm-hmm. That's, my issue with it mm-hmm. you want the hooligans because you want the publicity you want the insta famous but you need to give them a good track yeah otherwise if you have a good track i get yeah. you know again a lot of Rollins races are on shitty little tracks but that's all you have when you're in huntington beach not to defend what he does but when you're in huntington beach on the beach that's the only track you got yeah you figure it out you make a track everyone's on the same track at the daytona tt that was not that's what i like about it i mean that's what i kind of like about his stuff and and it costs a lot of money and there's a lot of money on the line to run a piece of shit track but that's again another subject and another rant but with aft aft had a track they had a decent track and they didn't give it to him. So the track they did give him, Steve Moorhead doesn't give a fuck. He's not going to build turn three and four really nice. So they have a good oval. So anyway, so that was kind of my thing there. Like just give him a good track. But it, it seemed like – Did the twins race? <laughs> <laughs> what was cool about it was the um, – trying to get my phone open so I can see the results. Of, of the hooligans or the uh... – No, there are no results of the hooligans, remember? <laughs> okay. I didn't know if that's what you were trying to find out. Yeah, I can get those results for you. No, I got the. I just had to get it to open, and with my thing in the microphone, it won't look at my face. So, um, <laughs> oh right, is yours a facial recognition? Yeah, yeah. How so would that's work the. Like that? um, I don't have a face really. Anyway, so that's the story <laughs> of the AFT. But luckily, you know, for the hooligans, it came back negative on AFT. A lot of people were disappointed in what AFT did. As far as giving them a bad track. Here's my deal. So that I don't sound like a complete and total fool is that Roland vets his – could I sign up for a Roland event if I wanted to? If I had a twin and I wanted to – But not Daytona. I was going to say, I don't think I would have been able to to hack into Daytona. I probably wouldn't have entered. Well, it was – I believe 30 people got invited and that was it because they didn't have time to do the qualifying and elimination and all that stuff. And they didn't want – and the other – I mean it's I guess dumb. I don't know. They didn't want people to drive from all over the country to do qualification and that's it. Even yeah. though singles riders do, but that's yeah. beside the point. Okay. Um, let's move on. That took way too much time. For yeah, that, and that's our show. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the twins, Daytona TT twins. Um, let's see. The creative writing family, Jeffrey Carver, uh, went down <laughs> in a semi – but uh, passed for eighth place on the last corner, of the last lap, I believe. So he made it to the aim or to the main event. Um, another big upset, or even before, before that, no, in the first semi um, was the what do I want to say? Like the hot pick, man. The uh, JD Beach went down. Oh dang! Going into turn one and um did not make the main event and this is the tt this is the tt oh wow yep and he ended up i didn't he end up racing the uh the 200 or was he injured i don't know man uh, wait 
What? I don't know, man. We're talking about Daytona TT. I know. He, the, I don't the, think he got injured going down because the two hundred uh, was in like the TT. two days later. Yeah, it was like a couple days later. Supposed to race. Uh, I don't know. But Jared Meese also went down, but because J.D. Beach uh, went down and someone else, I think, broke, Jared made the main event. Oh, so he was just like not last of the last. Yeah, yeah. So he did make the main event, but barely. Carver barely made it. Um, So, I mean, there's two guys right off the bat that barely made it. J.D. Beach did not make it. He was probably the crowd favorite to win it. Um and the main event was you had coming off of the front stretch. I actually don't know. I said turn one earlier, and it might not have been considered turn one because they they started like basically on the back stretch with a uh, like a false little straightaway, kind of like motocross does. Went into a tight hairpin and then up onto the banking um, on the pavement. So it was actually really cool that what they did. They've done this a long time ago, and then they haven't done it in a while. The flat track guys came off of the dirt onto the front stretch, onto the pavement, and they used the start-finish line of the Daytona 500 mm-hmm. for their finish line. And then they came down off the pavement into a another tight little hairpin. Um, and, of course, the dirt's not really thick. It's just set on top of the grass. They don't cut down through the grass or anything like that. They just lay the dirt on top. So it dries out. It's hard. It's kind of rough. It, it was definitely a shitty track. Um but back to my thing earlier, that was the track you had. You could have let the hooligans on it. At least it was the same shitty track everyone else got, not an even shittier one. Um, but yeah, so those were some of the early casualties or casualties in the semi that did not get to make the – or JD did not make the main event. Um, Briar Bauman dominated all day. Set fast time, won his heat, won his semi, and won the main event. Um, with the king of Peoria, Henry Wiles on his tail. Um, Jake Johnson on the new Yamaha was third. Um, Jared Vanderkoy on the Harley Davidson was fourth. Jared, uh, after Buffalo chip and stuff, you know, Jared is a pretty good TT -er. Harley said they did a lot of work to that bike. So we'll, uh, we'll see how he does in Atlanta. Bronson Bauman, the other factory Indian rider was, Fifth? Yeah. Okay. I was like looking for the – I'm like, where did they place? And I had it pushed over my phone. He was fifth. Cale Cokeman, uh, local California guy. Yeah. He passed me on the freeway the other day. Cokeman. Cokeman. Yeah. He uh, ended up sixth. So that's a pretty good finish for Cale. Congratulations to him. Robbie Peterson, seventh. Brandon Robinson, B-Rob, was eighth. Donald Mullen, the second, was ninth. Jeffrey Carver did pull off a (laughs) tenth, so he got to move up a little bit. Larry Pegram, old school road racer, Dude. was 11th. Yeah, old school road racer. Uh, Sammy Halbert, 12th. Brandon Price, James Monaco. I didn't really care to go to 15 like the singles, except an important one, 15th, was Brian Smith. I yeah. believe he went down in the hairpin coming off the concrete also. Dang. Um, 16th was Colby Carlisle. Not real sure what happened to him. I think he actually went down in that same corner too. And then 17th was Jared Meese. Yeah, what happened to him? Uh, so I don't know what happened to 18 because that's how many guys are allowed to start. And if J.D. Beach didn't even make it, I'm, I know a couple guys 
went home out of the semis. They had more than 18 riders. I know sometimes for the twins, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, but that's the rundown of how that one finished. So. I've never even heard of Donald Mullen. Sec- the second, that sounds like an I've attorney. Heard, <laughs> I've heard of him, but and yeah, dude, he's not a junior like Carver. He's yeah. got a two next to him. Larry so. Pegram's a, a guy who's, he some, was an old road racer when Nikki Hayden was starting. Yeah. I used like to watch him. 2000. He late nineties. He was, yeah. Old. I used to watch him race uh, AMA back in like two thousand, the mid two thousands on his Ducati. Yeah, and he even had a um, reality show back when those were a thing. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, uh, it was called like Racing or something like that. It was called. It was super cheesy, but man, um, talk about seeing a, a name from the past come back. Um, so, dude, congrats to Briar. He's actually been. I mean, Briar has been. He's been up riding here good. For a while, um, yeah. He got to take his mechanics to Indian. Of course, the other ones were Brian Smith, and they left with him. But so he got Michelle DeSabo went to Factory Indian too. So cool. he's got his mechanics and stuff with him. So he's pretty happy and um, had a good ride. I mean, he just he literally dominated all day long. He was no on Kawasaki last year, wasn't he? Uh, right, most of the time. Yeah. yeah, he had an Indian towards the end of the season. Uh, I think he was actually on Brad's Indian, or was his brother on Brad's Indian? I'm going to guess it was Briar. Bronson, I forget he was. I, I don't remember. Yeah, You're, you know what? It doesn't you could matter. be right. Yeah, it's last year. Be, yeah. Um. So so last year. The, <laughs> a week and a couple of days later, they moved on to Atlanta short track. Cool little red clay, um, short track half mile. I guess it's not really a short, presented short. by Cycle Gear. By the way, if you want to drop off your twisted road <laughs> ride, you can drop it off at Cycle Gear. If you're not able to meet the uh, the person. You've used Twisted Road, haven't you? It's actually presented by Yamaha, but okay. Oh, mine says Yamaha Atlanta Short Track presented by Cycle Gear. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it, mine stops it presented. <laughs> well, so that's what she I just said. Thought, I just thought it was Yamaha. <laughs> I have used Twisted Road a little bit, but I kind of quit because my bikes are kind of hag, like haggard. Yeah. It's I, okay. I get... Don't, don't, be, don't get down on yourself when we're talking about flat track, buddy. No, I know. I, I don't want say. someone to be like, oh, I'm going to – and you know what? Everyone's been super pumped to rent my hunks of shit too, so I can't. Mm-hmm. But um, What about your bikes? Like my, my RC is salvage <laughs> title, so I, I guess I can't rent that one yeah. out. Um, but the duck, I mean, it would go and have like a little weepy fork seal and they're like, is oh, that yeah, the whatever. Is that trying to sell? I sold the duck oh. when I, yeah, before I bought my RC51. Uh Someone tried to rent my dine out a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I don't want to get it out. <laughs> um, but a guy did rent it, and he was super pumped on it. And I was like, cool. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, Trusty Rusty is a clean title. Maybe I should rent that thing out. Yeah, dude. Oh, God. The, I asked, the you know, when we were talking it. to Ice, uh, Austin, I was like, can you rent, like, stuff? He's like, dude, people put it up. You can rent it. Like, show, there's So it builders. just needs a clean title. Yeah. There's cool. builders that put their like OG Moto Show bikes up on there, and you can ride them around if they put them on. I so. was curious cool. why he doesn't do scooters. Well, uh, maybe no one puts them up. He doesn't do scooters or anything that's not a motorcycle, like a motorcycle with a sidecar, but no three-wheel yeah, stuff or no scooters. Yeah, but I was just wondering, like, It might be a different I mean, level of liability. If you like a Vespa or something, why can't you put that on there? It, it, it might be something to do in, regula- in regulatory stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, when you start reading through the fine print, there's all sorts of stuff that catches yeah. people up. Mm-hmm. The, when uh, You're like, why wouldn't you do this? And then you start reading the fine print, and you're like, I see why you didn't do that mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be something as stupid as that. But, um, all right, but yeah. So... The Yamaha short track presented by Cycle Gear, where you could drop <laughs> off your 
Twisted Road, if you're not able to meet the rider or yeah, they're not one. able to meet you, drop it off at Cycle Gear. That locations one. around the country. So, <laughs> uh, back to the front. So, I actually didn't get to see this race. So, it's a, you know, but whatever. It happened. Back to the singles at Atlanta, Dalton Gutier. <laughs> Mr. Dalton Gunther came yeah, that in. One. <laughs> he uh, pulled off the win and he won. Was it Atlanta two years ago or was that a different one? I'm going to say he won the first. I think, it was I think he won the first three, two he, or three. Two, he won the first two. Yeah, and yeah. He was out. Yeah, yeah. So he dominated the first two of the season yeah, yeah. and then got popped. Yeah. So right now he's sitting in first. He got a second and a first in point or yeah. in the races. So he's winning the points. So yeah, a lot of talented out of that kid. Um, you know, it's good to see sponsors getting back behind him. Hopefully. You know, I'm not – I think we kind of covered this a couple episodes ago. I'm not against people wanting to smoke pot. But if your job says that you can't and we're going to test you, fucking man up. Yeah. You know what I mean? If that's what you want to do, you know? If the kid doesn't give a shit, doesn't want to ride motorcycles, he wants to smoke pot, go fucking smoke pot. But if you want to race motorcycles and that's what you got to do, fucking do it. If you want to be at that level and that's what you have to do, then that's what you have to do. Yeah. Unless you're a rapper, smoking pot doesn't make you money from what I've heard. You could be a rock star too. Or Doug Benson, I guess. You could be a comedian. But dude, those things are so clapped out. You have a better (laughs) chance of riding a motorcycle if you're better at that than being a rapper, a rock star, or a comedian. Dalton won the main event. Uh, Morgan Mishler pulled off a second. And then... Dan Bromley in third again. So he's going to be sitting pretty high up in the points. Dude, it's so funny. Since Daytona Bike Week kicked off, like I've been getting press releases every other day from KTM because they they won like the outdoors, they podium, Mm. you know, in the flat track. They won like the motocross. Like the thing with Dalton or with uh, Bromley right now, if Dalton doesn't throw this off, Bromley's still looking consistent. Oh, yeah. And he was consistent last year. Uh, You know, Shana. Didn't make the main event at the TT. I'm sad, but I can't say I'm surprised. You know, she says she's been working on it, but... Her bro didn't either. I mean, he's racing singles his, again. No, he went back to twins. He oh, got a twins he? ride this oh, year. Oh, okay, okay. But I don't know. Corey's does so much, so many other things. I don't know if he focuses on racing as much. Like, I'm doing a veggie plate tomorrow, and I don't... I might do okay, but I might not. But I, I have a good time and like what I just tell everyone that's like, oh man, I wish you would like be faster, like race harder. Like when I do those races because I put the race on, I'm like I already won. When you guys all showed up and had a good time, like I've already won, <laughs> right. so I don't care. Um, I'm going to make that a shirt. <laughs> fourth place all the way from the DTRA series in England, Oliver Brimley. I right. think that's probably his highest place finish. So that's cool to see Kevin Stallings out of my home state, Indiana, was fifth. Mikey Rush again stepping down off the twins to a single, pulls off a sixth. Um, seventh, I don't know, this Mike guy, eight, Tristan Avery. Um, ninth. Oh, Michael Enderbitson. Yeah, his yeah, he, his name pops up now and then. But maybe he just doesn't do that many events. Yeah, it's funny to see like Tristan Avery and Jesse Janish and Texter way down here. When hey man, we haven't got to that yet. Whoops. <laughs> Who? Um, Enderbitson. I like making that last name. <laughs> making the main event this time and finishing decent is Shana Texter. So you know, I think 
So she did really well last year on the Huskies. There's not a lot of differences to the KTM. Her team went to the KTM. They obviously have more financial backing, even though Husky did her pretty well last year. Um, I'm excited to see what she does later in the season, and she's been so close at the end of the year to winning the championship by only doing good in miles. Mm -hmm. So in ninth place, I'm sure she'd like to do better, but she's in it. That's better than it was at Daytona. Um, so we'll see how she does. Like, luckily for her, there's a lot of miles in the season, but I'm also bummed, you know, I, I wish, and I'm sure she's working on it, but I wish she would step up her TT and short track game. Yeah. I, I swear that I read somewhere that she practiced, but she's, just, you know what she needs to muscle that bike around? She needs to come out and ride a hooligan bike with this. So yeah. I, she'd probably do better on little tracks. Shayna, come if, on out. If you can muscle a hooligan bike around Costa Mesa, you're good. Uh, um, yeah, so, but ninth is pretty good overall, so we'll see how the rest of the season goes for she, her. Remember when Colby Carlisle won, just given like sevenths and fifths and seconds? Yeah, he didn't win a and, single race. Yeah. He was super bummed about it, but it's also cool to be like, yeah, but you did win it. You got the number one plate. Um, Jesse Janish got 10th, so one in Daytona, 10th at Atlanta, but he's a T-tier. Like, that's what he's good at. That's his specialty, and I th- don't think that's real flat track. <laughs> Uh, Max Whale again we just talked about him he was 11th Chad Coast I'm going to see if he's from England or Wales James Rispoli um, of the Rispoli and Isles TV show Mm -hmm. Uh, Blake Lomas Andrew Luker and Ryan Wells down at 16th so this Ryan Wells flying Ryan way down on the bottom well I wonder see there's only oh no the twins are only doing 16 riders this year not 18 well was 17 because Carlisle was a that was twins. contingency twins. or something. Or that is, was uh, and they're doing 18 for twins. So here's what I don't like about that. Is Carlisle not on singles no more? No, man. But that was right. Last year he was doing his, what do, you, what do they call it? Not a contingency. Yeah, what do they call it? The uh, Huchimagama. What do you call it when you're like trying to step up to that next level? I forget we were talking about it last year. That's right. I, don't, I think they just call it. Uh, getting experience sure that's what it's called and that's right he was uh he was on a single again so he won two years ago then he was on a single last year yeah i think i mean everyone wants to defend their title and prove that they're still number one uh but it's rare that it happens and then and he got injured you know daytona last year yeah um but i think a lot of it you know he's on essenson but they had a couple twins riders and you know you kind of fit in and i'm sure but Essenson did step up their game a lot this year with a lot of riders. So that's probably one of the reasons he got to go to Twins. And I'm sure he's looking for a Twins ride. He's yeah. like, hey, I want a fucking championship. I want to ride Twins. But it's Remember, probably good he got another year experience. Yeah. Too. Like but, last year he did like two of the races on a Twins. And I forget so what, what called. you can do. Not contingency. No, but, it's not a contingency. What you're allowed to do as a singles rider and it depends on your level because they have the production twins class. When you go to like Springfield and there's a TT for the singles and the mile for the twins, you can, as a singles rider, run the twins class the next day. Shane has done it before. I was going to say, Texter did it. Yeah. yeah so that's what it is. And that is also to gain experience. You're not going to do well in the points overall, but you're going to gain experience on a twin, on a mile, and that's what they want to do. Um, yeah, Ryan. So what they're doing for the singles this year is they're not doing 18 riders. They're only doing 16 riders. They're doing, I think they said it wouldn't maybe just eight and eight rows or like riders or six, six and four. It's a three row, I huh. think. 
Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure the twins are still doing 18, but we'll see in a minute because 17 was a weird number. I guess you could have done 16 and one guy had a provisional because you are allowed a provisional to go to the main if you have a provisional. So, um, but yeah, Ryan Wilson in 16th, um, I I'd like to see Ryan do a little better. You know, he left. I don't know what the deal was with Richie Morris, but a lot of people left him, and he's <laughs> one of them. But he is on the Estenson team, and I'm sure Estenson, um, looking at their program with him, there's another singles rider. It doesn't look like he's on the list. And they've got three twins riders. They really stepped up their program for this year. So um, there's also a Boltaco race. I don't see it on the thing, and I don't want to look at all classes. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I didn't see it. Davey Durrell wanted. I remember that Durrell is, uh, in the flat track community is known for, he makes a lot of hubs and stuff for the riders. So, um, I missed a lot of the heats and, and semis. I was out and about and couldn't stare at my phone while I was driving, even though I wanted to, <laughs> but, uh, Brandon Robinson pulls off the win. I believe it was with two or three laps to go makes the pass on Jared Meese. I also believe on the outside and uh, wins the race. So just something food for thought. Uh, it's two races off of a bike that he never won on and no one has won on. And uh, on the second race on his new Indian, he goes out and wins and beats Jared Meese. Mm-hmm. So uh, congratulations, Brandon Robinson. <laughs> but it was cool. I mean, it was uh, – so listening to Brad Baker, they were allowed to pick a five or an eight compound tire, I think it was. So a softer or a harder tire. And um, – Sometimes they tell them you have to run – like I know at Sacramento last year they said you have to run a 10. And the reason was – I asked Carver about it. I'm like, well, dude, if you wanted to run a five, why are they – who are they to tell you that you can't burn your tire off in 12 laps and fucking (laughs) pull off, you know? And he's like, people get hurt. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So I see why they do it. So in this one they said, hey, you can run a five or an eight. Everyone wanted the softer tire was better, but it was cooler. And you got 25 laps on the twins. And I've seen a lot of photos of twins tires come off brand new at the beginning and bald when they finish. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the speculation, this is not proven. You know, they don't tell you this shit when they pull up to the line. Was that Jared Meese may have had a five on. Uh, Jeffrey Carver may have had a five on. Uh, Brandon Robinson probably had an eight. So... Is eight softer or harder? Eight's harder. Okay. So he just had staying yeah, power. Jared pulled out to an early lead, was doing really well. Some guys were battling behind him. Brandon Robinson got up into second and he just kind of stuck there and started reeling him in and then got around him with like two or three laps to go. But that he still had some tread left. Because he had a little <laughs> bit of tire left. Well, in the soft one, even if you have tire left, if it gets hot, it gets gooey and stuff yeah, too. Yeah. So um, you know, it really it's cool because it shows how little of a difference that decision can make, but it's still a make it or break it decision. Um, so yeah, it was actually a really good battle. Second, third, fourth, fifth for most of the race. Carver was up into third at one point. Uh, Henry Wiles, I think was at second at one point. Um, so just like some cool moving around, but Brandon Robinson with the win, Jared Meese did pull off a second, but after a 17th at, uh, Daytona, he is definitely not winning the points right now, but you know, watching the last two seasons with Jared, you never know what he's going to do the rest yeah, of the year. Yeah, he was disqualified for one round and still pulled still off won. the championship. Yeah, right? so – and there's a lot of rumors that that was not a – I don't know, that 
AFT messed up. Uh, but Briar Bauman still pulled off a podium <clears throat> on a third. So he's so winning the points overall. The Indian factory team pulled a 2-3. Yeah. No, yep. po- no podium sweeps like last year. Not yet, but it's early in the season, and but and Bronson is, you know, and they've the AFT is doing a lot to help the other bikes out. But if you look at everyone that entered, it's still Indian, 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 Indian. Eight of the top eleven are Indians, and only yeah. two Harley Davidsons in there. Yeah, so fourth place again. With a pretty good result, and uh, again, to me, a real flat track race was Jared Vanderkoy. You know, I had a funny theory, and I was talking to the marketing guy at Harley about this. I wonder if Eric, and this is nothing against Jared Vanderkoy. Um, it sounds bad when you hear it, but it's really not. I wonder if, in a way, because Vanderkoy's, I think he just turned 20 or 21, right? Super young yeah, kid, young. super talented. I wonder if, and I actually think this is a good thing. I think it's helped out a lot of hooligan riders because you know no one thought too much, too deep into it. And I, you know, when I when I coach kids and stuff too, I tell them like some of this stuff too. Like you have to learn to ride the bike. You you're not always going to have the bike the way you want it. When the green flag drops, it doesn't fucking matter. You got to yeah. ride it. So I wonder if, um, in a way, Vanderkoy is too dumb. To know the hey, difference. Wait a minute. You said this last year at Atlanta too, because didn't he pull off like yeah, a third he or a second? Technically last? was third last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. and he wrote it like and nobody else could finish that high. He was the highest. Absolutely. So you know, you look at a guy again. like Sammy, who's obviously a super talented oh, yeah. rider, but he's not finishing as high. And again, nothing against Vanderkoy's talent. He's obviously a very talented rider, but I wonder if some of the issues the other guys were having and, and, you know, time and, and research and, and adjustments are all going to help. But I wonder if he sometimes just doesn't know better and just fucking rides it. Yeah. Just, okay, this is the bike I have. Let's go ride it. And I wonder if some of your more seasoned riders, uh, cool Beth, Brandon Robinson, Jake Johnson. I wonder if, the bike wasn't right, so they weren't right type deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know, but congratulations to Vanderkoy. He's that's two fourths in a row that he's sitting fourth in points, I think we saw earlier. Henry Wiles is fifth. I mean, the king of Peoria is still finishing up well, <laughs> still finishing consistent. You know, he was second last year in points with and he he did win <laughs> Sorry, Daytona. Email. I got an email. Uh or he did win Peoria, but um you know, we'll we'll see how Henry Wiles does. I mean, honestly, <laughs> other than than uh, Briar Bauman, um, you know, he's he, I don't know. He, I think he's got a shot to win it, win the whole thing overall. So we'll see what happens. Jeffrey Carver slipped back into sixth. Uh, he was up into third. So again, assuming he may have had the softer tire on, but. Um, a tenth and a sixth, so you know, creative writing is still obviously rooting for Carver for the season. Um, Sammy Halbert pulled off a seventh, so that's two top tens I'm for both. Rooting for Brian Smith again. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> um, no, I love Carver. I love watching Carver. Uh, it's do cool. his thing out there. Yeah, I shouldn't always say just creative writing, but yeah, I mean, I, I think 
the show's always been kind of flat track centric. So yeah, we, you know, fans of a lot of them. But I was a huge fan of Brian Smith on the Kawasaki. I was bummed when he went to Indian, except for that he was winning a lot. But then he quit winning a lot, and now he's back on Kawasaki. And I was hoping he'd be finishing better than yeah, second to last and It'd down. Be- it would definitely be cool if he was finishing a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, He's not on an Indian. That's a problem, I guess. Right? I don't know. You Look know, Indian top. was real worried about the rule changes I limiting gonna, Indian. I was going to say, dude, for all the hubbub that they were talking about at IMS with the uh, yeah, not getting allowed I mean, this 20% more airflow, there's still the top uh, 10 uh, the thing is, Indians. Now, that might come into a play on the miles, but the yeah, thing we'll is, see. we have yet to see, right? They I mean, make plenty of power anyway. Yeah. Um, to give you an example, I guarantee that those Harleys are making more power than anything on the track. And we haven't seen them do that well in a mile yet. And you would think that's where the horsepower comes into play. So there's way more to it than just numbers on a dyno. Mm-hmm. But that's why Vanderkoy is placed uh, really high. In the la- Atlanta, both times, it's because of that flywheel weight, son. <laughs> it's because of the way you were riding that tire. Well, and maybe, and you know, supposedly last year after Atlanta, when he did really well, they pulled flywheel weight off. You're getting all that power, and then to he the wasn't doing well. Yeah, exactly. So maybe this year, that's one of the things they did is put it back on. But uh, Larry Pegram up in eighth again, Pegram. Yeah, and then Brian Smith in ninth. So not two, you know, two two rounds and not really great finishes for Brian Smith yet, but. He's also a mile guy. Well, he's very much he a mile guy. He got better supposedly yeah, yeah, yeah. at short track, but you I, know, I never saw it. I mean, you know, when the Indian team first showed up, they swept the podium how many rounds out yeah, of 18? God, that first year was 15, quite a bit. 16, yeah. yeah, it was a lot. Um, Bronson Bauman, the younger brother, was down in 11th. Um, but still, you know, for a young rider, yes, he's on a factory Indian, but respectable finish and i also i don't think he got a factory ride because he went out and won all the time he got a factory ride because there's people on that team that see potential mm-hmm. and uh you know when Nikki hayden went to moto gp it was the same scenario they didn't think he was going to show up to moto gp and win everything but he showed up on the repsol team because guys like freddie spencer saw potential mm-hmm. um and you know when you're Honda and Freddie Spencer says something. A lot of people pay attention. He's podiumed, hasn't he? I mean, he's not. He, uh, yeah, it's Bryant not, or uh, Bronson. Bronson didn't he last he got year? Second last year yeah. behind Briar, they went one two. That's right at uh, Weed Sport New York. Yeah, it was I like believe. toward the end of the season, right? Yeah. But yeah. still, I mean, he definitely does have potential. He's definitely a talented rider. So there's there's no um, no mistake about that too. And he got he did win flat out Friday again this year, but Vanderkoy went down. Not that that's a pro race, but they did have a lot more pros there this year. Yeah. Um, and it's a funny little bull ring. So to see those pros out there is kind of cool. Um, Jay Maloney in 12th, Brandon Price in 13th, Ryan Varnes in 14th, James Monaco 15th. Yeah, this is weird. Jake Johnson in 16th and Corey Texter in 17th. I was waiting to see what happened when you got to the bottom and there was only 17. <laughs> yeah. So I thought they were doing 18 twins. And 17 singles, but may, or uh, 16 singles, but maybe they're doing 16 and 16. 17, 16. I'm gonna they re- could be, no, because there's two semis and they got to pull an even number out of each. I'm going to read the Not rules. Not an even number, but there's two. So you could pull nine out of each yeah. or you could pull six out of each or seven out of each, but 
You got two. I'm going to read but, the rules. I didn't read the rule book. This is like one of the first years I didn't read the also, rule book to find out what's going on. You know what? There was one writer, and I don't know who, but I, I watched the uh, the lineup they do before they start, and one of the writers used a provisional start card. Hmm. So maybe they are only only are doing 16 for the Twins. But what I don't like about it, and you know, they could change it. They won't because they're not this smart. They could change it on a mile. They could say, hey, yeah, we can do 20 riders on a mile. Everyone's going to spread out. But what I don't like about it, especially for the singles, is – and I get it too. Guys are getting hurt and that's what they're trying to avoid. But in the singles class, a lot of people drive a long way. And you just eliminated two of those people from making the main event. So it, you need riders. And if you're not getting riders, it, it's just that much harder. Yeah. You need riders and you need fans. And you know who's missing off the Yamaha roster here is uh, Kobe and JD. JD. I see that JD Beach uh, did qualify Kobe, ninth. Kobe Carlisle, too. Yeah. He qualified ninth in the semi. Uh, so maybe that's not, maybe they only pull 18, 18 and then give one. I think it's eight, 16. So they only go top eight and then give so one. Yeah, I guess that would be 16 when I was talking about Daytona. They only took the top eight out of the semis and then give nine. And then they gave one a, uh, provisional or something like they leave one they provisional don't, spot. I don't know how many provisionals are allowed to jump in, but there's I, been 17 in both twins races. That's yeah. Weird. But I do know. So if you make a main event, I don't, this is how it used to work and it changes all the time. It used to be, if you made a main event the year before you got a provisional, all you had to do was make one and you would only get one provisional. It's not mm. like Jared made 18 and walks in the next year with 18 provisionals. Yeah. But you only get one provisional and then you can use it this year to make a semi or to make a main. And if you remember at Sacramento last year when Carver blew up in a semi. Oh, yeah. Passing Meese. Oh, yeah. I go, dude, are you going to use a provisional? He goes, it's only to make a semi. You had to complete a semi to make the main. You could not use a provisional for the main, but they've changed it this year and you can get in the main with it. So, and the provisionals are cool because it, it allows people like Carver blew twice last year, didn't he? Yeah. And didn't. Yeah. But Sacramento was, he actually blew it twice at Sacramento, but Sacramento, he was going around to pass Meese on the mile. Yeah. And, uh, just started. Rolling Cause I, I, if I remember correctly too, I, I forget if it was Halbert, but somebody else had some troubles and maybe they're like, dude, listen, we need these guys like hosed it and we need to make it so that they well, can get into I, these. Yeah. Lanes. I would say a lot of riders were upset about it. A lot of yeah. teams, cause you could, so if you had a problem in the heat, you could use a provisional to go to a semi, mm-hmm. but you could not use a provisional to go to the main. But the good side with provisionals, and you you know, there's a lot of riders that they've only made a couple main events a year before, and they're going to use that provisional because they really do well at Springfield or they really do well at Peoria, so they want to get in the main event, right? That's cool. Where I really think it's cool is Jeffrey Carver blows up in a semi. Jared Meese falls down in a semi. Something like that is where I'm like, that's where the provisionals are good because those guys are only going to have a few issues. And other than that, they're going to be in the main event. Unless, usually unless a bike breaks or they get tangled up in some kind of weird little accident that wasn't their fault. Like, you know, guys like Carver and Meese and Johnson and a lot of those dudes, they don't, they don't really make those mistakes and they're talent level is high enough they're gonna make it out of the semi week in and week out right so giving them a provisional to make a main usually because they have a mechanical i'm all for it but yeah 
that's what how the provisional is working, and it looks like that even the twins are doing sixteen riders. So yeah, I wonder what that seventeenth spot in there is, and I'm wondering if it is a they're leaving a spot open for a provisional or what? I don't. I, what I don't know is if they limit provisionals. Like say, I don't know. Say Sammy and Jared and Carver and Jake Johnson. <laughs> All broke in yeah, a semi and yeah. didn't make it out of the semi, right? Could all four of them use a provisional and have mm. 20, 20 guys in a main? Or do you let the other guys that made right? I, I wonder, don't know how that works. I wonder what that's for. They've probably never really ran into that case where like four yeah. guys wanted, you know? Well, listen, the next race is coming up in 23 days, 23 hours, 6 minutes and 54 seconds from today, which by the time this comes out will be like... It's 50 seconds now. Yeah, by the time this comes out will be what, like 19 days. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, keep your ears and eyes peeled because the next one is going to be coming to you from Texas, half mile, April 20th. Um, guys, we're about to wrap the show. We're got we're about to do something super exciting here. Um, and announce the winners of the Solstice Slam. The patron, I will announce. I'll make it a little announcement separately, uh, because I wasn't smart enough to write all the patrons down to whip them out of a helmet, like I was thinking I would do. Um, before we do this, do you guys have anything that's coming up? I have the veggie plate rain date. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. The veggie plate rain date happening out at Paris. Out at Paris Flat Track. And then in two weeks, I well, actually the week after that, um, if anyone would like to join Brady Fast Talking Walker and myself, we'll be out at Willow Springs Raceway for another classic track day. Always a good time. I want to try to make that. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, I mean, really get with the turd man and just ride up and um, like do the little – Parade lap. Yeah. I want to do it. Yeah, it was try. rad. It was pretty yeah, rad. Yeah, it's super cool. If he takes the VFR, he'll probably scare himself. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> that is April 7th. It is on Sunday at Willow Springs Raceway. I've only gone 55 miles an hour on this. <laughs> and then the following weekend is April 13th and um, myself and John Oaks. So it'll be SoCal Hooligans in conjunction with the Hooligan Dirt Dash – which has been at places such as Sturgis and Four Corners Motorcycle Rally and a couple in Texas. Um, we're doing an event together at the Kern County Raceway. So we're going to – it'll be a very hooligan-centric event. Um, should be far than know right now. It's going to be free for all the racers. Um, if you are into the Dukes of Hazard, the Dukes of Hazard will be there. The, as far as I know, all the actors and actresses or – uh, I don't know what they call them. Actors, so. like a doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're all just—they're all just actors, though, yeah, right? Yep. And Catherine then Bach, Tom Wopat, John Schneider, and uh, who? I James believe Best the, will probably be there. The star of the show, the uh, General Lee, should also be there. Yeah. Um, so they're doing a big car show, and then um, it would be rather there's a little dirt track there. We're General Lee, do that also the General Stanley, and it just had a big spider web on the top <laughs> for Spider Man. I mean, he's so many; it could have all kinds on there the right? general bruce lee and it just has <laughs> some big nunchucks <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah those are the ones coming up uh in the near future Rad. and we definitely have some more soca hooligans events and some more soca hooligans slash hooligan dirt dash events coming up so Rad. and you know i learned about the the kern county one on thumper talk so if you're part of any forums that are worth their weight in gold or dirt you'll uh, you'll see some stuff posted up on there for april 13th Mm-hmm. And the one there was one in uh, there's actually so there's supposed to be one April 14th too, and I think we're trying to get a hold of that guy to just be like, hey, dude, you just want to do one big event? 
Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But following the OG Moto Show is rad. We'll talk about that next week because we're out of time this week. But there's another uh, custom motorcycle show coming up called the Hand Built Show. And guess who's going to be there? Your BFF Roland Sands. Oh yeah, they're with his they're doing a big progressive pro- progressive super hooligan street bike flat track national championship series at the Hand Built TT in Austin, Texas, April thirteenth. And also, Jay forwarded me something, the Vagabond Dive. You want to talk about that? Um, I don't know much about it. It's just like an art show. I think there's going to be some music. It's in L.A. Wait a minute. Uh, but it's going to be I over. mean, it already, hap- it already happened. <laughs> it already happened. Yeah. So, hey, did you guys uh, go to the House of Machines Eagle de- Eagles of Death Metals party last night? It was so rad. <laughs> uh, yeah. There was the Eagles of Death Metal party? Yeah, it was yesterday. Oh, you missed it. Damn. It's at the House of Machines. Um, yeah, no, there's, and Hell on Wheels actually released their whole 2019 schedule. So I wanted to tell you about it. April 7th is the Whiskey Challenge. June 1st is the Steeplechase, which is going to be probably at Glen Helen like it is every year. June 15th, the Hot Summer Nights usually takes place either at Industry or Paris. They switch back and forth. I'll tell you as that comes up. July 20th, uh, another Hot Summer Nights dirt track. I'm going to guess that that one's also going to be at wherever the first one wasn't. They're going to flip, flip, flap. Uh, July 21st, the Sunday TT Scramble that usually takes place at Glen Helen. August 7th, Hot Summer Nights again, Dirt Track. I'm going to guess that that one's going to be at Paris. Um, September 14th, Hot Summer Nights again. Let's face it, they could go all the way in December and call it Summer Nights here in <laughs> SoCal. Uh, October 6th, the Halloween Hill Climb, that's for sure going to be at Glen Helen. And November 30th, Day in the Dirt, uh, TT Dirt Track, that is for sure also going to be at Glen Helen because that's where Day in the Dirt is. Folks, if you want to do something cool and you're out at Boswell's Harley-Davidson April 20th in DeKalb, uh, DeKalb County Fairgrounds, Alexandria, Tennessee. Check out the motorcycle races. They're having them April 30th, uh, May 25th at the uh, Smith County Fairgrounds in Carthage, Tennessee. June 1st at the Cumberland County Fairgrounds in Crossville, Tennessee. August 7th at the Putnam County Fairgrounds in Cookville, Tennessee. It's like all Tennessee has is county fairgrounds. This is amazing. And uh, in August, there's actually going to be every weekend racing. Uh, Putnam, DeKalb, and then Smith on the 7th, 17th, and 24th, respectively. Wiggins, are you actually going to be out there for some of this junk or what? For which one? Any of these motorcycle flat track races happening in Tennessee. You go to Tennessee every summer. I'm going to the uh, Smoky Mountain. Oh, yeah. That's not even on here. Wow. So another thing happening in Tennessee. Yeah, that'll be May 3rd and 4th, I believe it is. Friday and Saturday, first weekend in May. But I will be as far as I know, I'm going to be there. Rad. Trying real hard to be there because I love the track and I want to move to Tennessee. And, <laughs> Sweet. Uh, start my own podcast. It's going to be a hard. Yeah, it's going to be a long, long drive uh, to do this podcast. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's rad. It. All right, you guys. Well, now is I think the time. I do actually have questions though too. So we answer those. Or do oh you want to do, so, do, you you do social stand first? Yeah, because we're out of time. We might have to hang on to these questions till next week. Okay. Uh, the Solstice Slam winners, Jay, Chris, and I all knock noggins. Yeah, because I got an interview that I've been holding off on for two weeks. Now it'll be three weeks. <laughs> uh, here we go. We sat down and we did some uh, tallying. Well, I did tallying. We all did some voting. And we came up independently of each other, our own three uh, first, second, and third place. And then an honorable mention just because we love to. Um, here are the winners of the 2019 Solstice Slam. Solstice Slam 4. A New Hope. I named that after some thing called Car Wars or something like that. So let's do this. Ready? Let's have a drum roll, please. 
right. That wasn't a drum roll. <laughs> but first place this year, unanimously, uh, all three of us voted for this dude, Stingstein. Even though a drunk mm-hmm. jockey read your uh, <laughs> submission, Mr. Stingstein, Stingstein, as the jockey said, you won first place this year. Uh, coming to you is a patron prize pack. Uh, Jay just dropped off her artwork tonight. Wiggins, one of his uh, fabulous blades, is headed to you, and uh, a myriad of other things. There's a there's a uh, calendar in there that I know that you personally will appreciate. Um, but good, uh, you know, good submission. I don't know if you won before. I to keep it like totally like unbiased. I don't keep track of who won. Whoever wins wins. So who you know, may the force be with you and all that great stuff. It's not like I'm going to keep a spreadsheet of winners so that the same person doesn't keep winning. So no, no participation trophies yeah, well you know <laughs> not, none of my backyard not of my watch um third place almost unanimously this was almost a tie it was almost between lance and a new patron called ray who uh is sent in one of the raddest joints ever but um so it was between lance and ray and lance edged him out uh three and a half to two and a half so Lance, you're in second place. All of you are getting Pinewood Derby cars. So goddamn it, Lance, it's going to cost me seventy three dollars <laughs> to ship you this stupid car that you may or may not ship back. And uh, if you do, um, all of you are, are invited to ship your cars back. I will enter them for you in the uh, the Derby happening at uh, the Santa Anita Fairgrounds on May fourth. And uh, third place is Ray. Ray, the drawer of the arts. Um, and then honorable mention by Chris and by myself was Matt from My Motorbike Obsessions. Chris voted for him. I was going to, it was a toss up. It was so hard because also Paul, I was like, man, Paul, uh, I don't know if he's everyone either, but um, all you guys did a great job. Thank you so, so much. And patrons stick around for the end of the show because I'm going to have to pull a name from the wig. I mean, from the hat, from the jar and uh, get you guys in there. So, all right, with that, we're going to head out. I'm not going to play the music now because then I'll mess it up in post-production. But does anybody have any significant cool sign-offs they want to tell anybody? Like, don't crash, don't eat tacos after midnight, anything cool like that? I love tacos at any time. Jay? Uh, It's not about if it will fit on the bike. It's a... What do they say? Gotcha, sucker. That's right, Jay. One of these days she'll learn and she'll catch on. Quit saying smarty stuff at the end of the show. All right, everybody. Thank you for sticking around to the end. Patrons, you want to stick around a little bit longer. Uh, if you'd like to reach out, please ask wigs, A-S-K-W-I-G-G-Z at gmail.com or creative writing podcast at gmail.com. Uh, call, give us a call. We have a phone number. It is 740-563-2858. Uh, wait for the beep. Leave a message. And uh, check us out, creative-writing.com on the internerds. And uh, Facebook or Instagram is Creative Writing Podcast. On Twitter, you can reach out to us, which Twitter is actually a pretty good place for the, if the president uses it. Why don't we, right? It's uh, creative underscore writer. And I don't know if it matters on Twitter, but the C and the R are capitalized. I have no idea. And if you check us out on Tumblr, if you're like ready to get rid of Instagram, kind of like we were talking about tonight, Head on over to Tumblr, T-U-M-B-L-R. It's an old, it's like a picture thing as well. And just search creative-writing. All right, everybody. Well, patrons, we are, this is it, man. This is the end of the show. I got to make this brief, but I do want to let you know, Paul and Matt, 
Uh, you guys both submitted, and so I put your name in the helmet for submitting something to Salsa Slam. And since you didn't win for a second or third, uh, I put your name in in the helmet. Plus, since you're a patron, uh, all you patrons have your names in the helmet. So I just wanted wanted everybody to know to be fair since matt and paul submitted but didn't win anything i put their name twice in the helmet to uh you know to equal it out because since they submitted all right let me mangle up the names here mingle mangle up the names pull one out paul you are our patron prize pack winner congratulations paul matt oh that haiku man it, you had me at hello, but uh, I'm sorry you didn't win this year. You're always a winner in our heart. Stay tuned next week for Matt's interview, by the way. We're going to shut Wiggins and Jay up long enough to pump that baby out. Uh, let me see. Let me pick another name. Who is really close to coming in? We have Chad and who else? Chris. Oh, man, you guys were just next to uh, coming in. Right behind Paul, man. You guys are so close to winning that patron prize pack. All right, everybody. Thank you so much, patrons. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, and everybody, have a great weekend. And I'll, I'll, get, I'll be in touch soon. We're going to do another sticker run. Uh, I think this is going to be our third yeah, third version of stickers. And, of course, patrons, get those free. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Happy Solstice Slam. Happy riding. Happy weekend. Happy weekend.